0: You are listening to Video Games to the Medium, a W2Mnet original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for more content like this.
1: Uh, welcome all to another quick edition of Video Games to the Medium. This will be episode five, I think. Yeah,
2: <laughs> isn't it amazing? We're on episode five, and it's only it's only been a week or so since our last. How has it been two weeks since our last episode? No, it's,
1: it's barely been a week.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's not like uh, our usual once a month schedule.
1: Yeah, but ironically, also re- recording this on Sean's birthday.
2: <laughs> yes, come back, Sean. That's what I always say. Uh, I miss you. You're you're a true broadcaster, Sean, and uh, you are sorely needed. But while we don't have you, might as well talk about uh, stuff we've been playing. Well,
1: I uh, should also say I'm Mark and you're Jens.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. Our introductions. Mark, Jens. Exactly.
1: Um,
2: Uh, But yeah, well, go on. I am loving these coasters. These yep. coasters are fantastic. Mark I, I got s- me these um, Catherine-themed stray sheep coasters, and I'm now going to christen one of them. Also, christening my um, Yakuza 6 Collector's Edition uh, Whiskey Stones. Oh, yeah. Because class.
1: <laughs> That's what Yakuza and Catherine say. Exactly. Yeah, I, anyway. saw, those, I saw those coasters on a website, like the, or the company that made them, and I was like, yeah, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's true. Well, I do really appreciate them. Yep, it does class nope. up the joint. It's just...
1: uh, but the reason recording this kind of so quickly is you have a real bug up your butt about finally finishing Death Stranding.
2: <laughs> yeah, Death Stranding. I just feel I finished a video game, which, as you know, is rare for me. And uh, um, I've got stuff to say about it, I guess. And it's it's still within a time period where it seems relevant. Yeah. So um, it's interesting because, you know, the last time that we talked about it, we talked about the mechanics mostly and how they feel and that it's kind of relaxing sometimes and that there's a Zen nature to um, just kind of climbing the mountains or sliding down one and then having that music kick in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And those are, in retrospect, those are my favorite parts of the game. Um, I came away from it after about 50 hours I've spent with it or so, um, with mixed feelings. Let's put it that way.
1: I could most people, it seems.
2: <laughs> yeah. So if I could compare this to anything, and I've tweeted uh, about this already, but it got basically no traction because I don't, I don't really get traction on my tweets, but, um, Uh, I said that this is basically the Twin Peaks, the return of video games in the sense that what I mean by that is that you've got a beloved auteur being given essentially an unlimited budget or a, a premium budget to make something that they have complete creative control over in every way, turning in a divisive thing that's not really giving you, that's deliberately not giving you what you want. I mean... David Lynch went out of his way uh, with Twin Peaks Return of thinking about what would somebody want from a Twin Peaks reboot and then doing the exact opposite over and over again with every decision that he made on that thing. So, it, I it, mean, it, it, yeah. You
1: could you, say the same thing about Metal Gear Solid 2, though, also.
2: <clears throat> Metal Gear like, Solid 2 subverted a lot of stuff. Yeah. But uh, I, it, it's not a complete rejection. Oh, no. I, I guess people felt that way because people didn't like Raiden in retrospect well, of course we love riding.
1: well the trailers i mean they were they made up funny trailers for that game showing snake in, like the i think the big shell or like the, oh the, yeah, the, yeah i mean like, that you know, was the tanker the... is going to be like a lot bigger stage or like like you know level
2: great pick of uh, deceptive marketing i mean yeah. that was basically just a tutorial level to tanker
1: yeah i mean if you if you know what you're doing you can get through that in like an hour mm-hmm.
2: yeah um, but no, no, this is more, this is less in the sense of you promised us one thing and you gave us another thing. This is more just people have expectations, I think, of what uh, a Kojima game should be. Oh, yeah. And when those expectations are not met, they get upset. I well, I, I know listened you... to the Giant Beastcast today where Dan Riker shit yeah, all over was, this game. I was going to mention that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I did not like that very much. Uh, you know, Vinny and and, uh, Alex did a pretty good job of summing up all the intricacies of it better than I think I could uh, on this show uh, because they're just better broadcasters. But I just, I don't agree with them. I don't mean this to be a rebuttal to them. And I also have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about the game. Uh, Unlike with Twin Peaks to Return, I was able to kind of talk myself into, oh, no, this is brilliant. What David Lynch is doing, is just absolutely revolutionary or whatever, right? So uh, I know a lot of people hated that. I know, and I have friends. It was the exact same reaction that Dan had, where uh, you know, like my friend Chuck, um, who does the, he's, who's on the Bad Movie Fiends podcast. His reaction to it, it was just this visceral hatred, uh, because he's a classic. He's a fan of classic Twin Peaks, and he wanted more classic Twin Peaks, and the return was withholding withholding that from him, like we're gonna, or when it gave you Dale Cooper, it gave you Dale Cooper in a weird, corrupted form that you didn't really feel comfortable with. And it, you know, it was all about it was it was very unsatisfying, I guess, if you're looking for. Like I don't know what Dan Rycroft was expecting from Death Stranding.
1: Well, he wanted, you know, the the military shooter game or the, you know the stealth game that you know Metal Gear Solid was, or like yeah, but some, not but... like the charismatic lead or. I think he appreciates the storytelling in Metal Gear, but he also doesn't realize how stupid it is.
2: Dude, I think there's a lot of like stuff that I think he – ideas that he had for his Silent Hill game or PT, whatever PT was going to evolve into. And I think he used that for this because this is straight up Avenged Ghost story. Yeah. You know,
1: it's – Only there's more than one hill, so it should be called Silent Hills.
2: Yeah. Oh no. There's there's like a multiverse. There's a multiverse of of afterlife. Like everybody's got like their own beach, which is their own little uh, corner of the afterlife.
1: No, I just meant you have to traverse a bunch of hills to get to where you have to go.
2: Oh, I see. <laughs> well, that is also true. There's a lot of this. This is not a you know as everybody has said. This is not a subtle game. Um, I I just didn't. Okay. My biggest issues with this thing, and I try to, I went really dark on this game for a long time, but I saw the original reveal trailer and I saw the launch trailer. Those are basically the two bits of media I consumed by Death Stranding before playing it. And even having, with those, just between those two trailers, I feel like I've seen most of the high points of the game. Like the big iconic moments... I, obviously, they play completely different in context. It's not just what the fuck. Why is Guillermo del Toro standing under a bridge in World War One with a baby? And you're just like, what is this, right? There was, which was our initial reactions when they first revealed it. Like, what the fuck? But when you see it in context, it's like, oh, of course. This is actually the you know it. It's actually totally sensible. This is another thing it's got in common with Twin Peaks, which is that it builds its own lore, but then it actually like sticks to. Well, and there there is an underlying sense d- to it.
1: You don't have to beat around on the bush. You can know, you can just say it takes place in the Animus and move on.
2: <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to stay away from spoilers, but <laughs> <laughs> I do have an opinion about it. You know, um, I actually think that you know you could, people always talk about how I think I, I, I did I use the word overwritten in the last show that Kojima always you know writes ten sentences when one sentence is needed.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So that's why you know his movie. Whenever he makes that'll be eight hours long.
2: Yeah, that'll be here. Here's the here's what I think. Actually, you know Charlie Kaufman is writing that book. Yeah, the book about the film critic uh, who is trying to remember the nine the nine month long movie that he saw, which is like one of the great masterpieces of cinema. But he's the only one who remembers it. Yeah, that movie has got to be the Kojima, whatever movie Kojima makes has to be the has to be the movie that. Uh, that the film critic in that Charlie Kaufman book
1: I, is I trying have, to recall. I have a better idea. Yeah. Kojima can write the movie he wants to make, Michael Bay can make it.
2: <laughs> hmm. Are you excited for Charlie Kaufman becoming a novelist finally after being one of the world's greatest screenwriters for so long?
1: Uh, it should be okay. I'm not. What did he did
2: I mean, I did, I did adaptation. Uh, yep. That's my favorite of his, actually. Though, of course, most people love being John Malkovich even more. Didn't he do a TV show or am I thinking of someone else? You're thinking of somebody else. I don't I don't believe that he did a TV show. Unless I'm completely wrong and the internet's gonna scream at me. No,
1: but, no. I mean I, wow, he I'm looking at his Yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking of someone else, but he did he wrote for Ned and Stacy.
2: Oh, okay. So before he was big, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Adaptation is one of the most fantastically like structured screenplays. That I've ever witnessed. It is remarkable. So I was I
1: thinking I was thinking of Jonathan Ames also.
2: Oh, Jonathan Ames' alright. I like him okay. He's no yeah. Charlie Kaufman.
1: I was thinking of that board to death show with him with uh that and Ted Danson. I like
2: that show a lot. Yeah. That was very enjoyable. I'm also enjoying uh, speaking of Ted Danson, The Good Place. Pretty good this season.
1: Well, the, the last season,
2: you mean? <laughs> yeah, it seems to be building to a, to an interesting no, it, conclusion. It, it, it well, I mean, it ends or it ended. Oh yeah, la- last oh, It's week. not over yet. No, this last week? No, 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 no. no that was the last episode. No, it wasn't. It was the twenty first? That was not the last episode.
1: Uh, I will bet you money,
2: <laughs>
1: but it didn't have a. Conc- Wait a second. There's four seasons, and yeah, it was the last episode,
2: twenty first.
3: I'll
2: bet you $1,000. No. Okay, I'll take that. It's not fair because I can't take that $1,000 bet now because I'm already looking at the article where Kristen Bell says, the Good Place finale is so good, fans will be satisfied big time. So the finale has not yet aired. Just so you know. If you want to look at Wikipedia. I'm watching it. Wikipedia... Okay, are you you going to trust the editors of Wikipedia or are you going to trust the guy who's watching the show as it's on? I'm going to trust A.V. Club. (laughs) Oh, you're going to trust A.V. Club? Did you see that outrageous review? A.V. Club gave that last SNL episode a B. Outrageous. And they said the monologue was one of the best monologues in ages, which is equally insane. That's one of the worst monologues I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's Will Ferrell, right? Oh my god, the Will Ferrell episode. Oh, it was trash. And the political it, satire was trash. Everything about it was just trash.
1: I didn't see that. I just saw... I liked... I mean, the teacher bit was kind of cute, hmm. but he seemed really tired, or just not into it at all.
2: I I just... Um, I don't know. I I realized that he was going for a weird hyperactive cringe thing with that monologue, but... It, it just, it didn't feel, like, cringe has to be genuine. You can't just go on the stage and be deliberately awkward. Right. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Death Stranding. Um, My big thing with it, really, like, I like the story. Like, I, th- I think I can understand why there are people who are disappointed with the story, that it didn't go deeper than it did. Sure. It's kind of a, on its... Okay, if you're paying close attention to it, I think you can guess the big twists pretty easy. Now yeah. I'm not judging it on how predict, you know not, like how surprised uh, you, were you? I'm not judging this like it's a like it's a twist, like it's a mystery uh, a movie. obviously. But you know, you can it foreshadows things and the, and the metaphors, the the general um, the writing is so on the nose that it's kind of hard not to see where things are going. But yeah. it's still, when it happened, it was actually pretty satisfying. And There's one thing that I don't, I really don't want to give away, but I just think everything in this game, well, Mads Mikkelsen is actually, a, it, he's, a, he's a two-sided, there are two sides to that as well, because on the one hand, I goddamn hate, all the Mads Mikkelsen boss fight levels <clears throat> hate them with a passion, a fiery passion. But then, narratively, and in the cutscenes, like all the Mads Mikkelsen stuff is just gold. And he had the best... Mads Mikkelsen's, Mads Mikkelsen's character has the best story arc uh, in in the game and a uh, super satisfying closure and a beautiful irony to it, in a way, that I, I really enjoy. There is a... There are a lot of good... I mean, there there are like revelations at the end. Um, it does. There's stuff that is revealed. I, I don't quite get... You know, you... Um, again, when you hear uh, Alex and Dan talking about how... Uh, basically, you get everything that you need to get out of the story in the first two hours. And then it just repeats the same stuff over and over and over again. I don't quite agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all variations on a theme but it's actually thematically extremely coherent. Um, even though the lore is crazy, once you wrap your head around the lore, it's internally consistent. It makes sense. Um, one disappointing thing about the story is there's not really... It's, it's almost like everything is, is destined in this story. Like, I don't want to say anymore, but, you know, you'd think in... And, and there's definitely, people do bad things in the story, there, there are people who have skeletons in the closet that get uncovered that I don't want to spoil but um, largely everybody's kind of doing the best they can t- for humanity in their own way except of course for, for Higgs um, and, and Mads, but Mads has his Mads motivation also um, is a very relatable motivation Um, everybody's actually pretty positive. And there's something about the fact that the game also enforces positivity in its social systems. Like, there's really not, like, a negative interaction that can occur in this game that another player... Like, everything you do, even things which are completely selfishly motivated over the course of completing a mission in this game, everything that you do uh, benefits others in the game. And, uh, you know, it rewards you. It's part of the leveling system. I really like all that stuff. All that stuff, I think, is great, and it fits together. And it makes you can see that there is a true artistic purpose where the game design and the story are working, and, and even the part that is that involves everyone else playing the game, that involves the social aspect. Even that stuff kind of ties perfectly together into a coherent whole. That like, you can look at that and you say, "Yeah, that's a you know that's a well thought out that's a piece of art." That that's that that operates on multiple dimensions. That's
1: why I don't think Dan likes it. It's too <laughs> it's too complex for him.
2: <laughs> right. Uh I don't know. I don't I don't like to here's the thing. Dan can be extremely insightful in really surprising ways. And I always enjoy his perspective on stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't want to shit on Dan. And Dan is like me, where he is very proud in his stupid opinions. Which I can completely respect, because you know I will say the most insane stuff um on the social networks and, and just with you know with no or just things that are like de- deliberately shameful yeah um uh, so i I relate to him in that way uh and i'm I don't hold any grudges or anything, and I'm not saying he's stupid. <laughs> and it's funny when Vinny said that like Kojima thought that Dan was stupid and that's why everything is over explained in Death Stranding yeah <laughs> that, that cracked me up uh, but uh, <sighs> no it's here's the thing where the game falls apart for me a little bit is and I don't know how to solve this because my first instinct was This game is just too long. If you just cut like 10, 15, 20 hours out of this game, then it would be a 9 out of 10, a 10 out of 10, somewhere in that region, right? That was my original thought. But I thought, no, like a big part of the appeal is the arduousness and like the fact that you just, you have to do the actual traversal. And that feeling of, you know, coming into a new area for the first time when you haven't really unlocked the chiral network in that area yet. And, and, uh, and dealing with it on, you know, making sure you've got... It really feels like you're planning an expedition, right? You've got to have all the supplies, you plan your route, all that stuff's really great. And, and, and that stuff's really great. But then I just hate, I hate the stealth. I hate it. I hate uh, having to deal with the BTs. Like the BT boss fights could be fine. Except for the fact that whenever you get into one of them, you're never prepared for them. You know, you generally you want to only take what you need. So you're only going to take weapons when you know that you're going to... Like, if you're doing a mission where you have to retrieve something out of mule territory, you'll take your various stun weapons. And if you know that you're going to have to um, like deal with a boss you're going to load up on machine guns and rocket launchers and whatever else the game gives you at that point. You're just going to, you know, pack yourself full of it, take as much as you can and just treat them as disposable. You empty the gun and then you throw the gun away. That's yeah. basically your MO in this in this game. Uh but then it's just never seems worth it to carry weapons with you much or because okay, once if you're here's what happens when a BT gets you doesn't it just like throw you or launch you in the air or kill you and no the the BT okay first what happens is you'll you'll fuck up some stealth or you'll you'll try and do what I'd like to do is to either kind of circumvent those areas by going around the corners like just hugging the walls I did a lot of just hugging the walls or or hugging the mountains I should say in this game to try and just kind of like circumvent the BT and mule areas as best I could. But then whenever they would catch me, then it would become a, uh, a game of, all right, I'm just going to hoof it. I'm just going to, you know, engage my uh, um, robot legs or or uh, uh, pump the pump the gas and, and try and hoof it. But, uh, you know, they'll grab you and they'll pull you down and then you'll lose complete control. It goes into this animation where it like whooshes across the entire level, which is filling with tar. When I say the entire level, I mean like it feels like it takes you like half a mile. Yeah, I mean it's a far, it's it's a far way away. So like it'll like drag you far, like you'll drop all your stuff, um, all your all your gear will now be swimming in the in the freaking tar, and taking damage or or whatever. You'll get dragged way the fuck away from it. You probably also lost your weapons, so why did you even take your weapons with you? And now you've got to be in a boss fight when you really don't want to be in a boss fight and there's absolutely no reward for it and it's much more effective to just quit out of the game and load your last save again and stealth around him again like why would you ever fight a BT in this game when you don't absolutely have to like one of the big bosses later in the game it becomes very late in the game there's a point when you just load it up with rocket launchers and it doesn't freaking matter and you just blast them in the face a few times and they're gone yeah. And it becomes uh, uh, you know, it's like the you get to have your revenge on them after they terrorize you the entire game. But why would you ever deal with them if you can stealth? So then it just becomes uh it just becomes a matter of patience most of the time. And well, I uh, It's like some of
1: those uh boss fights in Mugger Solid 5. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you know, if you're specking to like go non-lethal, most of those boss fights you really can't do correctly.
2: Because... Well, I don't even want to get into some of the bo- the forced boss fights in this game, which, you know, people have said this game is really easy. You know, it is pretty manageable most of the time. Um, I played it on hard uh, because I'm an idiot and because I thought that there was difficulty achievement. But it turned out that the difficulty achievement uh, for for hard actually just relates to premium deliveries, which is not an achievement I was ever going to get anyway. Yeah. So I totally wasted my time and effort. I think just you know trying to brute my way through uh, that game on hard. I guess I didn't realize, but you know that's me. I, I always I always look up before I play any start any game whether there are specific trophies or achievements for uh, beating it in higher difficulties. And uh, I misread something, I guess. So should have played something lower. Would have had more fun, I guess, because what I just end up doing. It's just whenever B, whenever I got into a BT fight, I would just quit out and reload. Uh, so I'm sure I, I had more play time than I had. My play time at the end was like fifty something hours, and I'm sure it was actually a lot more.
1: Yeah, because whenever I talked to you, you were playing that game for the past two weeks. So <laughs> it's
2: true. This is I've totally neglected our Borderlands playing. I've totally neglected actually a lot of things in my life because it has been weirdly I've had this compulsion. Where I just wanted to get through it and see the story, and I needed to know. And also, it's a weird art game, which is, like, kind of... You know, I like weird art games, it turns out. So, yeah. uh, I, I just... I, I felt... It, and, it, and whenever it was... Whenever it clicked, whenever it clicks, it's really great. Right. But then, there are just so many parts. And at the end, it becomes... Tor- like... I saw a lot of reviewers complain about the mountainous section. The mountainous section of the game is actually my favorite. I get that people don't like it because you can't use vehicles anymore, but as somebody who really likes the mountain climbing in this game, it feels really good, uh, and I enjoy it. So uh, those late chapters, when um, you know, because in the middle of the game, there's, this game has an interesting arc where at the for the first like ten hours you're basically slogging along with very little stuff, just learning the basics. But I And a lot of people say, oh, it's super boring uh, in the first 10 hours, but I really enjoyed it. I, I liked not having as much to worry about. It was actually the most relaxing that that game had ever been because there's not as much BT stuff. I mean, there's a little bit of it, but it was pretty manageable. And it, they hadn't introduced all the systems yet, so you just didn't have to do that much. It was just very relaxing when, when it was simple. Um, And then it adds and adds more and more of the social stuff and more of the construction and that stuff's all fun and the vehicles are fun. And there's a big stretch uh, in the middle, like chapter three and four, which are huge long chapters where it just feels like you're making constant progress and you're building and building. and, And the story is continuously building up to something. Like the pacing at that point still feels really good. Yeah. And then, but then like, by hour 40, and I think a part of it is, like, man, those Mads Mikkelsen's sequences where, like, the like, it's basically just you get transported to a battlefield, and then you have to kill Mads Mikkelsen and his goons four times. Fun. And the thing I would compare it to is it, at least on hard, it feels like Remnant from the Ashes.
1: Your favorite game.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just, like, very unforgiving requires you to be a precise shooter where you really have to be like basically what you've got to do is just kind of run around and pick up everything and make sure that you're incredibly prepared that you've got a ton of blood bags on you that you've got a ton of cryobites on you you've got to make sure you're ready and then you confront then you like slowly pick off his guys and then at the end you engage with Mads and you just have to shoot him in the head a bunch and then you do that again three more times. I don't know why it's four times. Uh rule of three should I mean I wish if it was three times I would feel better about it. Because of course, man. I spent like an hour in the third of those. There's there's three of those battles, and I spent like an hour like sneaking around this Vietnam area, dealing with Mads Mickelson and his dudes over and over again. And then the very the fourth time at the very end he got me
1: and he had just to do like, it all over again. And I had to
2: do it all over again. It's like, "Oh god, why?" So yeah, at that point I could see why you would just like switch it to very easy and just, you know, murder your way through it, I guess. Yeah. But those those parts but the thing is it's especially hilarious because th- there's a couple of boss fights near the end where you basically you've got fragile, you've got super fragile equipment on you, but it throws you in a boss fight. So that really Are are just two flavors that don't go together in my mind. Yeah. Um, And and then there's like a there's a bit where like they take kind of all your equipment. They take the ability to 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 replicate new equipment away from you, and then and then expect you to traverse the entire map.
1: So it's like a Zelda game.
2: (laughs) It's like okay, yeah, you've got and it really the thing that's cool about it though is that it really forces you to engage with the other porters. Like basically, you just have to rely on equipment that other people have donated. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that's... How is that going to play when, like, the user base dies down? I don't know. I don't know if he's got contingency for that. But the design of all that stuff's really smart.
1: Well, it it reminds me of the near Automata ending. Hmm. You know, the credit sequence? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you can sacrifice yourself to help out the player, because those credits get, like, fucked hard at the end. Or right around the square Mm -hmm. PR team.
2: It's like, all right, this is impossible. (laughs) yeah. That's the I forget which one of those choices deleted your save game.
1: Yeah, it was the one you had to sacrifice yourself to help people. Then, then your save game's gone.
2: Yeah. So I I'll fully admit that I knew about this ending beforehand, and I had backed. I had I I think that that was a trophy, right? Like I got that trophy, and then I retrieved my save game from a USB stick.
1: I actually did not know about that trophy at the time or that ending, so I actually didn't save. You know, sacrifice myself, and I was fine with it. (laughs) and I bought the trophy afterwards
2: <laughs> right you were ready and right you can just buy trophies in that game yeah <sighs> we've talked about that before but yeah man so there's just a like there was a part of the I'll I'll say this once the story was over and it felt good like I was up Saturday night around I was in chapter 12 around midnight And I said to my, and I completely fucked up my Sunday because of that. Because you know, Sunday 8 a.m., I've got to play games with David. Yeah. So I had to get up at 8 a.m. to play Gears of War 5 and had to be like rested for that. But that didn't happen because, of course, you know, Kojima ending, it goes on for hours longer than you uh, expected. You think you're at the end, and then there's like one more cutscene and one more cutscene. And more, but the thing is that it's all good. Like, it really, it didn't, it didn't feel, it's more the gameplay that made me want it to be ready to be over. Like, yeah. once the story was over, I had zero desire. Like, I, I know I, I could spend a little bit more time. I'm probably more than halfway there. I'm, like, you know, getting, like, 36 standard deliveries. I've done a bunch of standard deliveries, but I guess not quite enough. And, like, I've got, this is weird. I, I have, like, 12 uh, Legend of Legends ranks. for for premium deliveries and there's supposed there's a trophy for get 10 and and the trophy the trophy didn't pop and then i read the description again and it said get 10 in every category and i have no idea what that means i have no idea what every category is like i look at the stat like nothing's labeled as a category
1: well there's no comments about what you get to do or anything
2: Oh, I guess I could just—I should look it up. I, I need mean, to look I, it up on a. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like. No, I, I haven't looked it up. Yet. I, here's the thing, though. At that I, at that point, here's how much I was re- ready to be done with it. Is I just said "fuck it" and I deleted it. Yeah. It's deleted off my hard drive. Well, like I so, said, until,
1: until I until you get the itch to start delivering pizzas again. And...
2: <laughs> it might happen. I mean, um, I I just it it just it overstayed its welcome. Yeah, like it was just, and I don't know if it's like you need to either make it shorter, or you need to, I don't know. I think it's the game designer on the BTS that I didn't like. I didn't like the boss fights very much, and and uh, I didn't like. Uh, uh, I just generally don't like stealthing around things that I can't see, and there was that stuff got a bit. It got a bit brutal towards the end, and. I just really, I said I never, you know, it, it's like, did you ever play Alien Isolation? No, but I know about it, or, you know. Okay, so Alien Isolation is an absolutely harrowing game, and um, extremely frustrating uh, in parts, but also, you know, superbly production designed, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's got the music and the look, and it's it's super sharp, and it's, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful game, uh, with a great atmosphere that I really enjoyed, but by the end of it that that's also that's like a that's like a 20 hour game I guess maybe thirty yeah. yep uh which is crazy for a stealth game so I, I just felt at the end of it okay i I will never play this like it is too much like i've spent too much time with this i've it's it's exhausted me and it's it was I felt spread thin. You don't want At to the buy the,
1: it. You don't want to buy it on uh, Switch since it just came out on that platform.
2: It. <laughs> you saw that as well. Yeah.
1: How oh, the text too small.
2: Wait, no, Death Stranding didn't come out on Switch, did it? No, no, I meant Alien Isolation. Oh, Alien Isolation. Oh, sorry. I, I was thinking if there was a good Twitter joke today where somebody had edited footage from that new Pokemon game to to the to the Death Stranding trailer. Ah. Uh, and and called it a death stranding switch port. Uh, but um yeah in isolation I guess uh, yeah it got ported to switch, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a very
2: I, I, very sharp game on on uh, next gen consoles.
1: Well the comment I think the article I read is basically like, this is the wrong platform for this game. Like this the, like switch consoles are too small for it. You
2: mean if you're if you're playing it on a... If you're playing it handheld... I don't know why you play it. I mean, I guess there are survival horror games on handheld. Yeah. It's not a, not a bad tradition. Right. You know, f- um, Fatal Frame and stuff. Oh,
1: some of the Resident Evil games work, Resident, yeah. work
2: okay. Ah, the handheld Resident Evils. I don't know. I'm not as on board. I played that 3DS one, the merc- that one that was basically Mercenaries. Uh, and it was not good. A merc- It was basically like Mercenaries mode adapted to 3DS. I don't remember what it's called. But right. It was bad. Uh, but yeah, the... so Death Death Stranding, right? In conclusion, seven out of ten game, I would say. Like a lot of stuff that was compelling and good. I haven't even talked about, you know that that girl you like uh, is great in it. Um, from Leah. from once from Once Upon a Time. Oh, well, Leah Sedo is great in it. Who's the other one? She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Oh, Margaret Margaret Qualley or
2: yes, yes, she she is my favorite character. Okay in the game she's great. Uh isn't she oh
1: uh, uh, what is it? A- She's Angie,
2: McDow- Angie McDowell's Angie daughter. Andy. Andy. Yeah. Wait, Andy? Andy. I th- I, th- I thought it was Angie. Just a second, let me sec. A-N-D. And I will
1: I will reverse the $1000 bet for good plays and place more money on this one. <laughs> oh, you're right, Andy McDowell. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, she's she's good in Hollywood and the only black mark is I think she dated Pete Davidson for like a week or two, <laughs> but mm. who hasn't at this point?
2: Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> my, my turn is coming up soon, and sure you already had yours, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> my turn—that was uh, dating Pete David. Uh, he is—he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's, uh a David, so he's—he's he's related to Larry David, so uh, I, no, I've got to like him, right? No, Pete Davidson. Oh no! He was dating Larry. He was dating Larry David's daughter. That's where it was. Okay, that didn't surprise me. <laughs> yes, before he dated Ariana. Was it Ariana? No. He dated like every Hollywood actress, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. He's just a he's just a guy with depression. I mean, yeah. he's, a bit fun, I mean he's kind of he's he, he kind is of good, funny. sometimes he's he, decent he, on SNL sometimes.
1: He is good in specific SNL roles. Let's say that. Yeah,
2: when he's not corpsing. Yeah. But everybody corpses on that show. It's crazy.
1: Uh any other any last test training thoughts since we gave you gave your review out?
2: <laughs> wow. Man. You'll get it from I me? Know. When, I
1: was gonna say you'll get it from me when it hits 20 bucks.
2: <laughs> well, it would it would be worth it. Like if the the only thing I would buy you that game though is you'd have to like make a solemn promise that you would actually finish it. Uh well, like even I, if you set it on very easy, I don't care if you set it on very easy. It's still like the time investment is still the same.
1: That's the thing is, I mean, I tried to finish Catherine. It just It just didn't let me.
2: <laughs> well, that's uh. That, but that was more a the the systems really did not agree with you. The game design really did not agree with you on that.
1: Like I mean, I I, I got to the last day, and I I consider that. I mean, I didn't finish it, but I gave it my all.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. Uh. uh I've been playing. he's mad at Catherine. <laughs> and rightfully uh, so, I guess.
1: Except you got those cool coasters, so you're happy.
2: Yeah, I am happy. These are great coasters.
1: Uh, I was going to say, the uh, only <laughs> game, that, the game I've been playing, I've been playing a few games off and on, like Fire Emblem oh, and Borderlands. Yeah, Ryan.
2: you've been playing, I've been playing, I've been playing a walking, which by the way, you know, if this game, I would have never played this thing. If this was Walking Simulator 2019 on Steam, yeah. You know, I would have never played it, and it would be that thing where it would be kind of the core of the game would be the same, but it wouldn't have any of the Kojima esque or the triple A trappings. And I could see people really li I mean, I could see it being like a sleeper kind of thing, like an American truck simulator or whatnot.
1: Yeah, or like House Slipper when that came out. Yeah. Like last or, year. Yeah, yeah.
2: But I would have never played it because I would never, ever, ever seek a game like that out. Yeah. And the fact that this was a crazy Kojima story made me seek this game out. And well, in retrospect, it taught me that maybe I can enjoy this kind of game. Well, it's funny you talk about simulators, because the, the big game I've been
1: playing has been B-Simulator. Bee
2: yes. Where, so,
1: yes.
2: how simula- how simulatory is it, and how narrative is it?
1: Uh, it's, I would say half and half. Like, this, the narrative influences the, uh, kind of the gameplay. Like, you know, you're told to, like, find 50 nectar, and, like, that's your main quest. Until It's like, uh-huh. okay, the story won't progress until you find 50 of these things. Uh, so, the, the problem with the game, there are two. The first problem is there's only four activities for you to really do. You collect nectar, you race, you can fight, and then you can dance.
2: Hmm. Dancing? Do you at least have different moves, or no, is no. it just uh... it's
1: it's the dancing as Simon says, like you know the mm. B the other, the other beat will go like up down left oh. left, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, he... yeah,
2: we talked about this last episode, didn't we?
1: Yeah, it was I don't know if I don't had the game at that point then.
2: Are you sure? Maybe I we might... just talked about it off the air.
1: I, no, I think we might have. Um,
2: I thought you just started it.
1: Yeah, the well, I mean, if I just started it, it doesn't change. Like you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we talked about the fighting. Like the fighting is, there's like a rhythm game where it's just X's and Y's. You have to like press the button as it goes through the, uh, like lit section, like yep. a, a golfing mini game. Um, you collect pollen just anywhere. There are different like ranks of pollen you can get with, you can see with your bee vision, but it doesn't matter at all. Like you'll, you'll have a quest, occasional quest, like go find five red pollen, like epic quality pollen. But it's like, okay, this takes a minute and, okay like it doesn't change anything or it's not material to the game or anything uh and then yeah you race which is the most infuri- infuriating part cuz like some of those races are hard and annoying especially on the switch which the game looks like garbage on huh. it's an unreal engine game and i would have preferred any other platform to get that game on than switch
2: is it on any other platform
1: it's on every other platform
2: oh okay the fact
1: that they sent me the, the Switch copy is insane. It's like, send me the PS4 or at least the PC version of this so it can actually look, look good. There's one fight in the, in the version in B simulator where I I'm, was I'm fighting against a carpenter ant and mm-hmm. it was like this dark, dark looking bee, or carpenter bee, sorry. It was a dark looking bee and I didn't know if the texture popped in for that thing or not because it was so dark looking. Huh. Because you know how, like, Unreal Engine games, like, you know, they have those blurry textures. Did it just it... look, did it look flat?
2: Or, or was it?
1: It looked what... untextured, or, like, not finished.
2: Okay. Usually when, it... when, a te- when a texture hasn't loaded in, you get kind of the big square, you get a blur, but it's still, like, kind of in, like, that's the what it shape like. of square pixels. Well, that's that what it looked like. blurry at the edges.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. I was like, did this ah. just not pop in, or what? You know you know it takes a few seconds for most most games, and I waited like a minute and nothing happened and I was like, "All right, I guess I'm just gonna do this battle real quick and huh, the other problem, the biggest other big problem I have is there's no environmental interaction whatsoever, yeah, like you can sting you can sting, but it doesn't do anything. The only thing you can do is pop
2: balloons you wouldn't i mean you wouldn't sting as a bee necessarily. No, but if if it had a, if it had an idea where like if you stung someone, you like jumped
1: into another bee body or like another bee host or something. Because it's Wait. like, a, well, there is a mini, there is a side quest to keep stinging this bully, and you like, okay. you like brush up against him, and that's it. Like sparks appear, stars appear, and that's it.
2: So that is an interaction. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't respond. Okay. So, so there's no. Wait, there's like, so he, he doesn't have he doesn't have an animation or something when he gets stung. No. What?
1: Yeah, like st- like stars appear and then he'll move like two like two
2: feet, and that's it. Is this like like one of the garbage games that Lotax looks at on his channel? No, because like, this is thing, this just this, this thing's like a real release, right? Like, this it's thing got... costs forty bucks wait if there's no like their animations though like i saw that video you showed me where you were going through which is funny you talked about how they made a whole like indoor kitchen environment and then yeah, they, they her, only use it for one sequence where you just fly through it yeah it, they, they have it they have a sequence where you
1: go inside of like an apartment and i'm like all right this is this reminds me of like a lot like mr mosquito and i'm like all right this could be cool like you might have to hit a light switch to like fool, like trick the people into like opening the door or something like okay. that. Okay,
2: so there, there's people so they're like open doors, they've got animations, right? They like, they go about their day, they make coffee, they open doors, they go through doors.
1: No, because
2: the entire sequence only lasts three minutes. Okay. that.
1: And but, but... <laughs> you, you meet this Jeff Spicoli-esque stoner housefly, and you're like, how do I get out of here? And he's like, just follow me, we'll race to get out of here. And he just leads you to a to, to a heating vent, and he's like, okay, you can leave here, and that's it.
2: And it's this takes three but, and a half minutes. Why did he make you make this level? Just, did you just say something about a light switch or like making no, somebody that that's what I wanted to happen? Oh.
1: <laughs> like
2: Mr. <laughs> Mosquito literally had that. Like he could like bump
1: into the light, light switch. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, of course. <laughs> and I wanted something like that to happen. Like some interaction. Or there's a really great loading screen where it's like uh, like you see the tree in the hive being attacked by a bear. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, when does this happen in the game? And the answer is never. <laughs> and the greatest part is halfway through the game, like you're told to keep stockpiling pollen for, uh, or keep stockpiling nectar for winter. Mm-hmm. And the story sequence where like, oh, you see this like crack appear in the hive and all the like, Arctic air is like blowing in and you like, all the other bees patch it up. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go outside and check things out. And you go outside and everything is exactly the same. People are still wearing shorts. Like there's no snow. There's no anything. And it's like, isn't this winter? Like what what happened?
2: So Okay. So your interactions are extreme. So do you do any more than basically just fly and do quick time events? No. Okay. So there's got to be something else. How about the story? What's what's the story? This one I mean we we didn't obviously didn't want to spoil Death Stranding, but I don't think I, anybody's I, gonna mind if we spoil this. Yeah. You can tell me all, So everything. yeah,
1: the story is basically have you seen Fern Gully?
2: I have. It is like uh, that, I, I, except without the pollution aspect.
1: Or like the evil like Whatever the fuck Wait, that ooze,
2: you know. But that's what Ferngully Ferngu- Ferngu- is about—the the pollution aspect. The, the well, fr- it, I you mean just without? You you're just talking about they just there's just a a giant Tim Curry voiced um, uh, evil uh,
1: ooze or oil or that thing from Star Trek Next Generation.
2: <laughs> uh, or or evil? No, it's like a it's like a thrasher or something like a no um, no.
1: In Ferngully, it was like an evil like oil that like infected the thrasher.
2: Okay. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah, it, yeah, it was
1: kept in the tree, and then they cut the tree down. And that's what infected everything.
2: Which one uh, was Tim Curry in? Was that Secret of Nim? No, that was probably that was Ferngully, I think.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Uh so yeah, like your trees getting cut down by humans who just don't know any better. Uh and then like you're a new bee who you're, you're a you know honeybee, and you want to be, do something different, but you, the queen is like no, and then you still just do it anyway. Like you try, like you basically find a new hive, and. That's it. You find a hive in like an abandoned building and you, everyone moves the over en- there.
2: That's the end of the game?
1: But yeah. And then you have like free flight mode. Okay. Uh I mean okay. There are there are two stories you can see that just go absolutely nowhere. One mm-hmm. is your bee gets like tired or exhausted, and that's like little girl rescues you and like gives you sugar. But I'm like, what I'm thinking,
2: like what Kids rescue bees. Ah! Uh, can, can you... Inter- I mean, how... What's the interaction with her? Can you, like, dip your dip your little uh, proboscis into the sugar? Yeah, you... And suckle from it? You land in the sugar to eat it.
1: And that's what restores your health. Mm-hmm. But it's only... That's, like, the one time that you do that. I mean, you can do it mm-hmm. any time, but, I mean, that's, like, the one story time. And the other... The other one, like weird story beat, is like you find a robotic bee that this guy is like making, and he just chase it around for like five minutes, and then that's it. And the the bee is like, "Oh, it looks like this guy is building a robotic bee," and this that's the end of the story. And that's like, what? <laughs> like, why is this going nowhere?
3: <laughs> hmm. So Did I guess. Hmm?
1: Oh, nothing. You what? What do you get? I think I gave it a five out of ten. Like I would have maybe given it a six if it was like. On a different console, but uh, even for a simulator game, it's like very like bare bones. Like the mm. the, the things you do in the first hour, you you're you doing the last hour, and they don't change at all. Like it would have uh. been nice if like there was some type of character like skill system or anything like any progression. <laughs> the only thing you get like knowledge points, and you can use them to spend them on uh.
2: Different. It doesn't sound like a long enough game to warrant like a big a big skill progression system.
1: No, it's not, but it would have been something at least. Hmm. I mean, the fact that it's also 40 bucks is insane.
2: Yeah, this does not sound like a $40 game. Again, this sounds like, a, like it could be like shareware or something, yeah. from what you describe. Well, if it was like 20 bucks, that's better, but not, Guess? not $40. And there's, there's
1: also like a bunch of B trivia knowledge in the game.
2: Would you just, know, think think of think of the indie games. Yeah, you can, you know, you've played the octopus game, right? What's it called? Octodad? Yeah. That was a $20 game and that was that was short but polished.
1: Yeah. I mean, and most, told the story. Most indie games are, you know, $20 at this point, like I mean, hell, would you rather play this or House Flipper? It's like, well,
2: and House of Flipper's course, play 20 House bucks. Flipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, the pre, it just has so much promise. See, when you see, bee bee simulator. It's just there's so much that you can do with bee simulator. That like the life of a bee is complex and wonderful.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, also the bee fights or the other like the insect fights are hilarious because like the wasps are Russian gangsters. You fight a hornet that sounds like it's from a black exploitation movie. Uh huh. And it's like what is like. I looked at the credits and they're all Polish people. I'm like, yep, this makes. Are they perfect. Polish people
2: trying to be Americans? Yeah. How how hilarious is that?
1: Very. Like the like the your main character is like so earnest, and it's like really hysterical because you sound like a twelve year old girl, <laughs> or you sound yeah. like a, you know a forty year old woman trying to be a twelve
2: year old girl. <laughs> oh, that's always good. Yeah. So, so a lot th- of old, a lot of old movies do that <laughs> where they have older actresses redubbing the little girls.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also like the area you're in it's sizable enough like it's like a park, a small zoo and like a carnival, but it just you just there's nothing to do. Like it's just go collecting pollen. Hmm. And it responds, so it's not like you, you know you can't just go over one area and empty it out. It's like you can just go over the same area over and over and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh enough enough about bad games. The one good game I've been playing recently is Luigi's Mansion Three.
2: Ooh, now this one I'm actually super interested in. This is your first Luigi's Mansion game. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah. So <laughs> it's funny because you know the 3DS one was really hard, harder than the original, and I hear this one is even harder. Yeah. So it has really been a steady progression between games. It's not hard in the sense, it's, you're not, you're not like button mashing or, you know.
1: No, the puzzles, the puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, you're trying to figure out how to like, you know, uh, suck up this boo, this hidden boo. Uh, or like, you know, trying to figure out how to open this door or, you know, one puzzle I would stuck in was like, I was in this like arboretum bathroom with a vine sticking out of the toilet and I had no idea how to like break the toilet to kill the vine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, what do you want to know? I'm I'm like halfway through it, or I'm, I'm on like I'm, floor seven or six
2: or something. I don't know. I'm just curious, like how how closely would you say the puzzle design? Well, it's it's hard to I can't ask for a compared to the previous games thing because there were some fun kind of obtuse uh, puzzles in Luigi's Mansion, but some of what I've heard from the Twitter chatter. Is that this is almost more comparable to like you have to think about it almost like an old LucasArts adventure game or something in some cases. Oh yeah. Like Where the item combinations can be very obtuse.
1: Yeah, like one of the one of the one of the things is so you have that Guiji
2: thing, which is
1: very off-putting. <laughs> uh he's like a the, the gel like clone of Luigi. He's also mindless. Mm-hmm. So like one of the puzzle you have to do in the Arboretum, actually, is there's a big watermelon blocking the door. And it's like, okay, you don't have enough power on your own to do it, but you have to, like, pop out mm-hmm. Guigi, have him suck at it, and then you can do it at the same time, and then you have enough juice to kind of, like, move it.
2: Oh, and that sounds like a classic, that sounds like a classic Luigi's Mansion puzzle, actually.
1: Yeah, but it's new to me, or, you know, or, uh, yeah, like, it's a lot of stuff like that. Like, you have so you can suck you can blow you have it's an like, air blast thing and then you have to, you have like a basic flashlight and then a dark light
3: mm-hmm.
1: and so and guiji has all the same stuff you can do he has a he can also like go through grates but he just, he gets stopped by water so yeah it's just mm-hmm. you have these like five or six abilities and you've like figured out how to do how to do everything mm-hmm. and like or like some of the bosses are pretty good like it, you have to like really figure it out Actually, the Arboretum boss was really fun because he had this like evil plant that would like try to eat you. So you'd have to like have it eat a, eat this like walnut thing. You'd have to suck up a uh, buzz like a big chainsaw and then start chainsawing the plant to death. <laughs> I'm like this is neat. Ah, uh, it's a slow game. Uh, like Luigi doesn't move fast. That's the one weird, weird thing is I don't know why Luigi can't jump in this game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's too scared.
1: Maybe. No, that does <laughs> Don't you don't you jump
2: when you're scared?
1: Well, he has like this like, air blast thing, but you can't actually move when you do it. He just like it's like directionally up, and it moves everything around, like it blows everything. But that's it. Like you can't. There's no like air control or anything. Uh Oh, the the best thing though is you get your communications device is the Virtual Boy. Uh huh. And like Professor E. Gad makes fun of it, kind of. Or they joke about it because he's like oh, this yeah. is the highest this is the the best in technology it's one color red nice and he goes he also says something like oh this will be this will be a, a huge uh financial windfall or huge financial success <laughs> if, if you get
2: the marketing right well gotta love a little self-deprecation yeah but yeah it's really good I it's I agree the virtual boy was, was, was underrated
1: I I had two of those things growing up
2: yeah, I never had one, but I eventually, eventually uh, I I met a you know one of my friends had had a, had a, had one in his collection, and I got to I uh, got to play it some, and I really liked it.
1: Well, that's another reason to get that I'm getting an Oculus Quest headset so I can play Waterworld and <laughs> that Jack Rose game in an emulator as much as I want.
2: So, yeah, so I interrupted your Luigi's Mansion review.
1: No, it's I'm, well, I'm not finished with it yet,
2: and thankfully I don't have to review it, but.
1: Uh I really like it or it's just very challenging but it's not it's not like hard it's just mm-hmm. you really like to think about how to you know how to Yeah there's a
2: lot of with Luigi's mentioned there's always a lot of having multiple combined factors yeah. at work. Uh like you need to manipulate the environment to set up the right uh, conditions for something. Yeah. Which uh, um I really enjoy. Yep. That, and that that's uh, I don't know I I didn't finish the 3DS one.
1: Yeah, so. I'll tr- I'll try to finish this one. It depends on how hard it really does get. Cause I they're, I mean, even the level. They're hard level, and they're long. Well, this one's actually kind of short. Or like, this like is? each not short. The levels are pretty short. I think it's specific mm-hmm. levels. But there's a lot of stuff to like you can like go back and like get a lot of more hidden stuff. Right. right. That's why they get long. <laughs> like wow. Each level has like six hidden crystals that you can find, or like gems, and then like a hidden boo in each level. Uh. Yeah, it's a it's the a better thing, Ghostbusters game than that Ghostbusters game, I think.
2: <laughs> I mean, I really like Ghostbusters the video game. I like the, uh, I like
1: everything about it except playing it.
2: Oh no, I I actually, especially I actually play a lot of arena co op in that game. Like a lot of, it's a really cool dynamic having to work together, um, in that way with the proton streams and everything. They really replicated how you would think that stuff would feel. Oh yeah! I, you pro- look at that. You look at that movie, and you know that equipment is awkward and shitty. My, well, my
1: problem is like when you get hit by something, you corpse. Like, I mean, you just fall to the ground, and I was like, "This."
2: Oh, this that's not true. Fun. You do get knocked over a lot. Yeah. Especially like well,
1: the, the first like li- library boss fight. It's like this is not fun.
2: <laughs> you wouldn't like that in Death Stranding either. You you do get uh, you fall over a bunch.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's at least intentional. Like the yeah. whole point of the game is like to keep yourself steady, so that's fine. <laughs> Ghostbusters, that wasn't the point of the game. They didn't have a better assistant for their havoc physics engine. Garbage.
2: <laughs> well, it didn't bother me, but yeah, I, I can see the argument that like Louis just mentioned. You know, those are those are great games, and um, what really struck me is just how incredibly pretty that game looks. Oh yeah, uh, I, the first like two- the lighting, the 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 texture work. Um, really beautiful character models, like everything about it, the art style is just Mwah!
1: the first few, well, the first few levels of the hotel are very similar, like you know it just kind of looks like a hotel, but like once you get like past floor four, I think, maybe even three, like it starts getting like really wild like one floor is like a medieval castle mm-hmm. one floor is the arboretum that's like, been taken over by like, vines and everything, another floor is uh like a chef's like a big restaurant ballroom. This this looks nice. I am a <laughs> fan of this, and I like I really like the ghost boss designs. Like they they're very creative, they have like, like a lot of good personality.
2: I haven't seen a lot. I actually haven't. I haven't seen uh, a lot of the the that footage yet.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm still thinking about whether I want to buy it. I just I'm so overwhelmed with games. Yeah, that that, it's hard to fit a Luigi's Mansion to my life right now. Right, but it sounds really great. Yep, I'm uh, glad you got that. Yeah. So are you are you reviewing that as well? Is it a review copy? No. Oh, you just bought it? Actually, Liz got it for me. Oh, nice. That's she, a nice lady, Liz. She's a
1: uh she likes Mario games. Uh but I I played it with her, like she was just, she was just watching it and like after a half hour she got bored.
3: <laughs>
1: hmm. Um but oh, I'm also playing Port of Rising for some more so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You were, you were tweeting something complainy about it, and I don't remember what it was now.
1: I don't like how the, the campaign is laid out. Uh, uh-huh. cause you just get lost, and you, like the item, like the menu, or the map gets like over, overfilled with item barf. Or, you know, just too many icons on the screen. Like the reason, the best one is still Force of Horizon 1 because you had a clear villain, and a clear motivation to become number one, and like knock that guy out. And this game does not have that. So it's like, oh, you got rank skill nine and, uh, forest racing. It's like, okay. Is, is that good? Or, you know, what's the end goal here? <laughs> but I still like racing or it's still a great looking game and it's fun. Not, yeah, your, not, your, cup, not your cup of tea, I know, but
2: <laughs> the, I've never played them. See, that's, the I'm, ser- a, I'm a burnout guy. Yeah. I know Forza Horizon is the closest thing. To like something like a burnout paradise right now, I guess. Well they they made that dangerous driving game, that was garbage. That's different. That's the that's the crash mode. No, no, dangerous driving
1: is the driving game.
2: Oh, okay. Which one it, am I thinking it,
1: you're, of? No, you're thinking they made this they made two other prequels or like two other games that were the crash mode. But then they just okay. made a made a racing game with no music.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. I, I just all those they can't recapture the magic. Yeah. It's you're never gonna have that original team and with with that level of production, you're never gonna have the the beautiful confluence of circumstances and people that had to come together for Burnout Paradise to happen. It's the but same problem. It's just a magical moment.
1: Well, it's the same problem as like old arcade games. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you're old enough to like remember like the X Men or like Simpsons arcade games. So you might have some sure. fondness for them. But if they uh- tried to well if they tried that shit now and they have tried to do that occasionally, it just goes nowhere. <laughs> or people are just like, what is this archaic hunk of shit?
2: I mean there's some room for retro uh styled stuff. Some but not a ton. I mean it it really depends on the genre, I would say. Well it's like the level it's but here's the thing. How retro that dangerous driving Okay, yeah, I remember this now. It kind of looked like... It looked looked a little bit like Burnout Revenge.
1: Well, it was, it was basically Burnout 3.
2: Yes. that That is Revenge, right? I'm pretty no, sure that, that's 3. That,
1: no, uh, Burnout 3 is Takedown. Revenge is like the one after that one, before oh, Paradise City.
2: Okay. I'm sorry, man. All right, they're all running together in my head. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it looks like an old Burnout game. Yeah. Which I don't know if if that's the aesthetic that i want in a i don't know it's kind of like Shenmue 3 Shenmue 3 is getting really middling reviews but a lot of the user reviews seem to be extremely positive there's yeah, a big was, split
1: there it's all the same 10 people who are obsessed with Shenmue
2: <laughs> i know but i think for the person who is obsessed with Shenmue you know something like the fact that they've recreated the old Shenmue experience basically a classic Shenmue that iterates on Shenmue in the way that, like basically, he made the game that he would have made in two thousand two tw- or whatever. Two, yeah, exactly. And that to me is super interesting. It's also the only thing they could have done considering what a limited budget they had. I mean, they didn't have the money to make a super triple A. You know, they didn't, they couldn't make a Yakuza level Shenmue game.
1: Sure, they could have could have stole the game engine and be like, all right, we're making this one now with this engine. <laughs>
2: I, I I guess, but you know, it was like what is it, five million dollars, six million dollars? I remember what how much they raised and how well, much was Well, that was, was just financed. a Kickstarter, but Sony kicked in some money with that game. Sony kicked in, yeah, that's true. There was there were kick-ins, but the the point is, it's still not a big budget for a game. So they they probably made it. Seems to me like they made the right decision. Like that game does not seem. The fact that it's beloved by Shenmue fans makes me think that it's the game they they uh, should have been making. Yeah. And not the disaster that everybody feared it would be. No, so uh, uh, I guess so. I, my point is, I think it can work, but it, the game has to actually. There's got to be something there. Why do we get on this ten- tangent? Some, oh some, yes,
1: well something new and different, or like you know, I, pushing the game I forward was a the, little
2: lamenting the fact that just like I don't know, there was a time in my life when I really liked Burnout games and I don't think I can ever get that time back. This is like if they made another rock band, I wouldn't trust it as much. Rockman well, I 4, <laughs> yeah. 4 was a huge letdown. But there's like a golden age for that genre. And uh, I don't know. I just don't... At, so, at some point, some, some brilliant dev is going to get a competent team you know, around them, and it's gonna get an opportunity. Maybe even at EA or something. Maybe it'll, maybe there'll be like a great one of those again one day. Maybe even it'll even be a Need for Speed game. Nope. that
1: won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you. I assume from how you're talking, you view uh, Paradise as the best Burnout game. Yes. See, I am different. I would actually say Burnout Three is mine.
2: Yeah, Takedown.
1: Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. that's the first one I played. Uh, they had the best soundtrack for sure. Uh, I liked the interconnected levels. Like, they, it wasn't like a big city, but you could still right. see like elements of like you know, oh, this track is different. I see this track, you
2: know. I kind I, of like the very confined challenge, type design of uh, Revenge, where for, it's just these very, it's like these very snack-sized courses.
1: Well, that was that was also after, for Takedown. Yes. Uh but yeah. My problem my biggest problem the two problems I didn't like with uh Paradise was I didn't like the city layout that much. Or it just kind of like confused me. Like mm. I, w- I would have rather it have just been like directed courses. And also I didn't like whenever you leveled up your license, like or would take you back to zero. It's like this is not fun. I don't want to do this fucking race six times you know, keep doing this one race over and over again. <laughs>
2: Ah, uh, there's not as so. There's definitely a grind. The grind is the worst thing about it, but the grind is made much more bearable by the fact that um, it is one of the greatest co-op games ever. See, and I, did, I, ra- played
1: al- I played alone. <laughs> so. Racing
2: around with a crew and doing like the doing all the challenges together is pretty rad. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. So if
1: I had you know six or seven other people, it'd be, it would have been a lot more fun.
2: But oh, it's great. I I still have I just have such fun memories. Again, the um. The QuickCast slash No Quarters guys, we used to. That's how I originally started talking to them, as we used to play Burnout Paradise together.
1: See, I did that with a uh, like Burnout, Burnout, uh, Takedown. Okay, like my mm. I had my college dorm room door open, and people like walked by and saw. It. I was like, "Hey, this looks neat."
2: <laughs> Those are great days. Yeah. Ah, so many good memories of the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty era. That was uh, kind of the height, I think, of my social gaming. Yeah. You know, we got big groups together to play apples to apples for Christ's sake. Just... That's crazy.
1: Speaking of social gaming, Battleborn yeah. is shutting the shutting the F down.
2: <laughs> Man. Fucking Battleborn.
1: It That's... uh it's gonna go offline two years from now. January twenty twenty one. Uh-huh. Uh I am amazed it lasted this long.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I I can't. Uh, I didn't personally play it, so I don't get to have an opinion.
1: Well, you can play it now. It's free to play, man. Let's let's join no. up.
2: No, <laughs> it's just the thing is when they announced it, like, I didn't like the character designs. It was a Gearbox game at the height of kind of my Gearbox hate, because yeah, I, I was I was very fr- you know Gearbox was a very frustrating company at that point.
1: Uh, they still are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, Borderlands 3 is pretty good. Yeah, they well, you, we haven't played it since they did it, but they released a patch that, like, finally fixed some of the menu problems.
2: Oh, thank Christ, yes. It's not, it's
1: not perfect, but, it, you know, it doesn't take five seconds to load into the menu. It takes, like, one now.
2: <laughs> that's, well, that's better, at least. Yeah. I, yeah, so there were, at the point when that game came out, I said, obviously, fuck that. And it's, you know, even if I didn't say fuck that game for just reasons of pettiness... It's just not my genre. I don't play I don't play cooperative team I mean that's at that's, that's some you just can never get a good enough group together for something to play that consistently. I don't play Overwatch either. Anything where I have to like get matched with people and then you know, work as a larger team. Like two or three people is my comfort zone. See, I it's funny because
1: I don't like the competitive aspect of Overwatch at all. Like I don't I just mm-hmm. don't like it that much. But if I'm cooperative, even if it's random people, I still have a lot more fun.
2: Yeah, but it's not entirely. Is it, is it entirely cooperative, or is it some? No, there. I know there's, there's a there's a campaign. No, no, there's not. There are there's some, not like, a there's like
1: occasional modes, like there's there's a Halloween event like last month, uh, where it's just you and three other players against like a, like waves of AI bots. But,
2: but are you sure Battleborn didn't have a campaign?
1: Oh no, I thought I, I thought you meant Overwatch. Sorry. No, Battleborn. I don't care. Probably did. I think it, I think it did.
2: Yeah, Battleborn story campaign tells the story. No, we're talking about sorry, we're talking about Battleborn again. Okay. I'm not saying fuck Overwatch. I'm saying I, I'm just I'm talking about how I actually. I mean, Overwatch seems cool. I like the character designs. There are a lot of great Overwatch figures that I look at and I'm like, that character looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, i no had idea any, who they are. Yeah, i only had
1: any interest or knowledge about what it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, there are games like that. It's kind of like when I look at God Eater characters or something. where like I kinda, I like the trappings, I like the art style. I, I just It's just not my kind of game. But no, with Battleborn, I looked at it and I was like, ugh, this looks hideous. These characters look terrible. It, it like, looked, everything about the aesthetic turned me off. It looked like a, a,
1: an even more exaggerated form of Borderlands. Yes, which and it's also like this no, <laughs> those characters yeah. are ugly enough. Like you don't want to do this like double scale.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and then you know it got middling reviews when it came out. But I guess you know it had its it had its run. Not
1: real, like I think Overwatch came out like the week before, and that's what killed it. It, it, it was pretty much like stillborn when it came out.
2: Huh.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, but like I like I said, I'm, last, I'm surprised it lasted this long. Like, remember? Do you I, remember
2: when Randy Pitchford was going on Reddit to try and like convince or goad people into making uh, Battleborn uh, erotic art?
1: No, I remember when he said it was going to be like a, uh, oh, what is it like a real sport, like a real e- e-sport game or something like
2: that. <laughs> that was also funny.
1: Yeah, oh, Randy. He'll say uh,
2: whatever he has to say.
1: Remember, like, remember... Why evolved? is he not in
2: politics? Why has Randy Pitchford not run for office? He's the perfect candidate. God, I would vote for him if he ran for office.
1: Don't say that. I'm give my Liber-
2: Libertarian Party candidate 2020, Randy Pitchford. Come on. Him and uh, Rand Paul. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> well... Rand Paul calls himself a Libertarian. Remember,
1: like, Evolve? Uh, I do. The (laughs) four-on-one? Yeah. Like, I don't get why people make these online-only games that just go, like, of course it's going to fail, because you're trying to build an audience that...
2: No, 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 no. This is a totally different situation, though. Oh, yeah. Like, Like, Battleborn was a game that nobody asked for coming into an already crowded space. Yeah from a company that had just made a bunch of trash. So everybody, of course, not everybody, but, you know, I at least was very and Freudy about it.
0: Right.
2: Um, but whereas with Evolve, it's basically the Left 4 Dead team, you know, amazing team, striking out on their own, making the success of the Left 4 Dead one of the greatest multiplayer shooters of all time. Uh, high expectations all around, high concept, this idea of, of unbalanced... You know, not non. Um, what's the word for it? Asynchronous? The, or a, Well, not asynchronous. Asynchronous multiplayer is, is something else. That's when oh. you're not playing at the same time. No, but just uh, basically, you know, the, the kind of multiplayer where. The there, four I think on one. Other, yes, the four on one thing, where like one, one character is really, really strong. You have to work as a team together to take them down, which I, I guess Overwatch. Did I hear correctly that Overwatch is doing this now and that it has ruined the meta? No. No? Not that I know of. I'm
1: I'm off to some new
2: mode that I haven't hit yet, but
1: it's Overwatch's... I mean, some characters are stronger, but there's no, like, boss character.
2: Well, no, but there's, there's like, a character that requires teamwork, really, to deal with effectively. Who is OP... Anyway.
1: Maybe the new guy. I mean, but even he seems kind of like I took him down a few times earlier yesterday.
2: Okay. Anyway, I'm just regurgitating what I heard. Anyway, sorry. Uh... The now I've lost my chain of thought. Uh, Evolve, uh, the, the, Evolve. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. Evolve, one of the first games I feel to try that sort of thing. Uh, very ambitious and looked rad. And I played, so I, I actually didn't like Left 4 Dead 2. Um, I didn't like either but, of them. <laughs> but I, oh, I loved Left 4 Dead the first. That, that again, it came at just the right time for me as a game, and I had the right group of people. Yeah, i would have playing helped. it, and it was just it intense and thrilling. And the AI system was genuinely revolutionary and unpredictable in a way that freaked us out at the time.
1: Yeah, the it's game, just a
2: the game director thing. The game director thing was a great achievement. I, I mean, seriously, that was like a big. It was a big differentiator for that game. And that game, you know, was super. You get Killing Floor out of that. You get it spawned all these successors. So yeah, loved Left for Dead. Left for Dead 2 was kinda like one too many systems for me. Like it 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 went a little bit overboard. It didn't have the purity and the the, the streamlinedness of the first game. And I didn't want to deal with with um, a lot of the new stuff they added. So I fell off it pretty quickly. But still, I still was thinking like, man, Evolve is gonna be the thing. And I guess the and the problem with Evolve is just that it's completely unbalanced. Like it is so unbalanced, where it's just depending on whether or not, and it's just based on. It was so dependent on whether you had a good group. Yeah. That. It it just was not a thing that people could feasibly get into a game of rando's.
1: Yeah, like Over- then, Overwatch is pretty good about that. Like, people actually do pretty much know their classes fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh but Overwatch or Evolve, you couldn't do that really at all. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So that's again, uh I don't think it's a comparable situation. I think you've got
1: well, I mean it's comparable in the way that like these games came out that were pre- supposed to be high profile and supposed to, you know, both games were like oh, we're the real game, we're the real the real esport, you know, nonsense. Both mm-hmm. games failed and then both games tried to relaunch as free to play and then they both games also went nowhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, well, well, yeah. that that is a that is true, but in terms of game design, and man, Evolve had a good aesthetic. Like it I did. love the monster. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: Speaking of crazy, they are they announced a new Half Life game.
2: <laughs> yes, Episode Three. Yep, it is the, time. The Alex edition. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, come on. That's the character. They basically left us with Alex at the end of uh, at the end of episode two. So it only makes sense, right? I oh, wait. Would... No, they let, or, or wait. No, Alex disappeared.
1: I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
2: oh, I, don't I remember played, now.
1: I played Half Life Two, and that was enough for me. I was like, I don't like this game.
2: <laughs> oh man, you know it's weird. I remember the final boss fight from um half-life episode 2 very vividly because it required you to carry a bunch of bombs around the you know it's like this big open environment we have to kind of run from node to node and carry bombs around to blow these things up and, and at just the right time
1: isn't that a lot like how half-life 2 ended with the gravity gun like you'd like pick up shit oh yeah and, and like throw it around or like you know shoot it
2: oh that's true
1: like white spheres or something. I remember that.
2: Maybe I am. Is that Half-Life Two, not Episode Two? It's Half-Life episode 2. two also had something. It also had something I, like that where there was I, like these big walkers on stilts, right?
1: Well, so that was so that was Half-Life Two. Also, that was in there. I mean, they probably, just, you know, recycled them, or reused them, but yeah. <laughs>
3: hmm. Uh, I don't
1: like uh, maybe that I, I don't like, ha- like Half-Life Two. I really hated the Ravenholm
2: part. Oh, you you don't like you don't like shooting cool blades at zombies? I like that stuff. I didn't like like, how I like all the saw blade stuff.
1: The physics part was kind of fun, but I didn't like the just the maze look like layout of it at all. Oh,
2: yeah, but it's fairly short too. That's not a huge chunk. A much huger chunk of that game is driving vehicles around big areas. Yeah, the boat
1: the boat section kind of sucked too.
2: Yeah, that 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 stuff I don't care for. Anyway, man,
1: Half Life Alex is a VR only game.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but. Okay, all right, so it's not officially episode three, I guess, but it's basically episode three. I'm assuming it's going to pick the story up where we left off. It's, you know, following, not Alex. Alex and Gordon Freeman have been separated, basically.
1: Are, are you being sarcastic or serious?
2: What are you talking about? It's a prequel.
1: What? It's taking place between, like, Half-Life 1 and 2, where you're playing as a younger Alex.
2: Oh, I had no idea what it was about.
1: Yeah. I, I I wasn't being specific. Yeah, it's like a prequel to Half Life Two.
2: Wait, so it's not it's not picking up from um where we left off.
1: Right, it is a prequel set before Half Life Two.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, all right. So here's the thing. Right, it's Fulbright. Right, like that's what's happening, isn't it? Valve acquired Fulbright, and Fulbright. Suddenly, Fulbright's game disappears. All, all information about their new game disappears from their website. Well, I and now mean, it turns out that they're they working
1: on. They haven't said it's uh, this is Fulbright though.
2: I don't think. I'm. Pre- I mean, it's got to be right. Ali Moss was talking about how he put the little the, the Easter egg there. Ali Moss is like Fulbright related.
1: I mean, yeah, but yeah, nothing about him. This being Fulbright.
2: Okay, I'm just they've got to be doing something i mean they they're they're, they're a firewatch successor tacoma no no not not Fulbright. you know the it's you know Chris campo, Remo. campo I, santo I, campo santo i'm sorry sorry this is okay you know what it is idle thumbs right favorite podcast ever split split into these so you've got yeah, Campo Santo. Sorry, not full. Yeah,
1: Campo Santo is working. I don't, I don't know how much they are involved, but they are working. Like some team members are working on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, Campo Santo, man. oh see, this shows you what a terrible Idle Thumbs fan I am. Well, that's I, I, what they I, get for not putting out new episodes.
1: I've told you, but I went to, I went to high school with one of those guys.
2: Yeah, Nick Brecken. Yeah, yeah, Nick Brecken's a cool guy.
1: Uh, but yeah, VR prequel, uh, looked okay. I mean, I, I just don't have a ton of affinity for that franchise or that well, property. And also, you know, it's been so long. It's been, it's become a joke.
2: Well, it's been so long. I, I apparently can't remember everything. Yeah. I'd have to like watch some videos and remind myself, I guess. Cause
1: I, Half-Life 2 came out in 2004.
2: Yeah. But. Dude, I just assumed it had to be a continuation. I mean, why else would you get, you know, Campo Santo, they, Campo Santo those guys love Half Life. I can't think of any, I mean, okay, maybe they love Far Cry 2 a little bit more than Half Life. But other than that, like, I can't think of anybody who loves Half Life more. It, uh, it, that you, you it, Of course, you're going to put them on. If, you know, what else are you going to put these guys on? It's perfect.
1: Well, it may continue a little past episode two, but it's not going mm-hmm. to be like episode three. Like, I think the majority of the game is gonna be a prequel. Because they But reca- there's
2: something they recast this means
1: Well they recast Alex and like you know, all the Half Life Two characters.
2: Okay. Well I'm just saying if this I'll, means movement, if this means movement towards a conclusion, then I'm it, all for it. But I'm I'm depressed to learn. I had not read into this. I didn't know this was a prequel. So this is a very shocking thing that uh, you're telling me.
1: Yeah. It's telling that the thing I saw was like The four main characters, you know, uh, G-Man, Alex, Alex's dad, and there's one other character. I forget his name. I forget the guy's name. Uh, Alex got replaced. Uh, the G-Man actor is still alive, but the two other actors are dead. Well, (laughs) and it's like, well,
2: voice acting.
1: Well, if, no, you it's can because, recast a you know, voice actor. It's been well. That's the thing.
2: It's been so long that. <laughs> well, uh. anyway, uh, I welcome more Half-Life. I'd be interested, uh, but it is VR, so you know, if this were a proper Half-Life sequel, I just I really like you know, man, Campo Santo. I liked Firewatch a lot, a lot.
1: I liked it until like the ending where it got like really <laughs>
2: kind of well, half-assed. it depends on what ending you got I mean I didn't think it was I didn't think it was well, that half-assed. there was there's no different endings and just you know just the magical no the, the the difference is what attitude you have expressed throughout the game oh sure and how but I... how how the 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 woman the uh, your 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 colleague that you interact with throughout her relationship with you can turn out totally different,
1: yeah. But I mean like the uh Oh the like the just the weird hermit guy was the one causing it all. Mm-hmm. Like, what?
2: Oh was yeah, the Alex? mystery's out, out not, of
1: nowhere. Like
2: The mystery's not that deep. Yeah. It's more about the you know, it's like they say about lost it was never about the mystery, it was about the relationships.
1: Oh yeah, another guy in Half Life Alex's uh Reese Garby. Oh yeah. He's always good. I,
2: I vaguely know who that is.
1: Uh, well, you should. I mean, you've seen him in a bunch of stuff.
2: Um, he was the wolf, the werewolf
1: in uh, What We Do in the Shadows.
2: Oh, yes, 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 yes. New Zealand actor, yes. yeah. We're, we're, werewolves, nuts werewolves. Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: I knew the name, son I was like... Yeah, Like if you, if you don't know the name, or, you know...
2: It well, helps to I, see I just, him. <laughs> it's like there's Jonathan Rhys Davis, and then there's Jonathan Reese Myers, and then uh, there's uh, there's uh, there's another Reese. John Rice Davies. <laughs> that, that's why I already. You're right. It is is it John or I guess his his name is actually John, not Jonathan. It's not short for Jonathan. But John, Jonathan Reese Myers was was the, um, Henry the right? In uh, the Tudors. Sure. <laughs> I don't want never watch that show. <laughs> wait a second. The Two Doors. Uh, Googling always excellent for podcasts. I think
1: that was Reese, something what was one of the Reese's.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Jonathan Reese Myers, correct. Also, his breakthrough role, Gormangost. Have you ever seen Gormangast? Nope. Oh, it's great. It's great, great books as well. Uh anyway. Uh we were talking about things. We were talking about Half Life. Yep. and how it will be a VR game for things like Oculus Quest. Yep, and pre-orders are open.
1: Yippers. I don't know if I'll get it for that. Uh, you know, I'm. If it gets well, good you're reviews, actually, you,
2: sh- but- you you got to get it. You have to get it. You're gonna actually have the system. You're always talking about how, how you're gonna get that system. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a VR set. I'm never gonna have a VR set. So you're gonna like even if I wanted to. If I would be if this actually were like I'd be heartbroken um if if this game were actually an incredible must play that i could not could not play because I think if, I, that,
1: if that was the case, someone and I imagine this will happen actually is someone will figure out or hack away just for your computer to run it,
2: like yeah, you, sure, I mean I'm sure the v r would not be integral to it, yeah, well actually, I mean you can only control it with mouse and keep with
1: uh those handsets, there's no mouse and keyboard support,
2: hmm. Okay, yeah, well, okay, so I, I yeah, I'll never play it. I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm never going to get a VR headset. It's well, never going to happen.
1: Until you come up to my place one one time. and I just Okay, come in here.
2: so yeah, I'll play it for like an hour, like that time that I came over to a co- co-worker's house to play Vive for like a day. Yeah. And it was impressive, you know, like the Aperture sci- silence, Science uh, <laughs> shop, the, the, the little tech demo where you yeah. de- deconstruct the robots and stuff. It's neat. There were some neat tech demo things, but by the end of it, I was like, I have spent enough time with this Right in my life. I don't ever want to do this again, for, of, not for a long time.
1: Speaking of that, let's talk about Google Stadia for a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm already in negative Nancy mode, so it only makes sense. It came out. It bombed. That's it. <laughs> Did it, though? Did it bomb? Well, it, I think
1: it bombed for the people who bought it. Uh because there were like it's, some really arcane restrictions to like it, getting it to run.
2: It seems like Google cannot fulfill demand. So that think, makes me think that it's not bombing if if it's if they're over their capacity.
1: Yeah, but you have to wonder what their capacity is. Like,
2: yeah, but they they knew we... what their they knew what their capacity was before they launched. So <laughs> if they're over or at capacity, then that means that the launch is exactly what they expected and or wanted or planned for. Yeah. So you can't can't really call the bomb in that regard.
1: I call it a bomb in terms of like customer
2: critical support. Res- yeah mm. critical reception
1: uh, like you have you have to having requiring a Google phone to get it to run at all
2: is that is that actually true yeah How, why, why does it require you've got the it comes with a with a like a Chromecast ultra
1: yeah but you still need to sign in. you can't use that Chromecast to like make an account I don't think I think it requires a phone.
2: You can't click. make an account or sign in on the web? Right. That's bizarre. Well.
1: So, like, th- there's one game, I think it's Just Dance 2020. Mm-hmm. It requires two cell phones. Huh. What? Like, also, there's no store, I don't think, on the... I don't think... Well, I mean, I'm,
2: people have cell phones. but Of course, some of us have iPhones, so it doesn't matter in this in this uh, case. So.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. not Is how many people Honestly, how many people have a Google phone?
2: Probably a fair amount, but it's a lot of people have, and a lot of people have Androids. It's, it doesn't use Android; it requires a Google phone. Is Google not Android? No,
1: it is, but it requires an actual Google phone. You just can't use any Android phone.
2: Oh, huh. That's what
1: I meant. Like it requires like a Pixel or a Note or whatever the fuck they have.
2: Wow. See, this is. I don't know. Is it the benefit that I don't read any of these uh, stories before we do the show?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, the news about half life shocked you, so that worked well. (laughs)
2: Yeah, man, this is really this is also surprising. Yeah, I, I, that that seems weird. So that's not one of the things I have heard. Other things about it, the the latest outrage that I've heard is that uh, Google put out an open letter. Where they basically responded to people's complaints. There's been complaints of false advertising. Because Google advertised four K you know, four K sixty. Yeah. And Google says no no no. We only set up to sixty. And also implementation really is on the developers. Well so, I, think, I think it's like Metro
1: Exodus runs like complete garbage on that thing.
2: Which is bizarre because, you know, that thing supposedly they you've seen that graphic right so they had like the thing where he's giving the presentation where it shows how many teraflops each system has yeah and it's showing like okay the xbox one x has 6.2 teraflops and the playstation 4 pro has 4.7 teraflops and we've got uh whatever it was um it was like 11.7 i think yeah and so it's like we were more powerful than both consoles put together but we can't run uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 as well as an Xbox One X for some reason, uh, and we can't run <laughs> run Metro Exodus at all well, and Destiny 2 is running at 1080p and medium quality, you know, from a PC. <laughs> and this is the developer's fault, I guess. Yeah. But you know, I do see positivity about it. You know, if you if you just search Stadia on Twitter, you'll see a lot of Stadia stands.
1: I saw well. I saw some YouTube uh, channel. That talk, they talked about Thumper, and they actually said, it, you know, there's some. There is a little lag, but you get used to it, and it actually runs pretty well. You know, consider all things considered.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely people for whom it is working, who are saying like, oh yeah, yeah. There's just a little bit, and there's, I've seen lag demonstration videos, where the lag really didn't seem terrible, at least for something like. Like if I'm running Civilization Six or whatever on this thing, or what's, is, is Six the next one that's coming out? I saw that no, one no, was six, coming out.
1: Six is already out. It's been Oh, out for seven. Years.
2: Is, seven is coming out. I saw. I saw a thing on the PSN store to pre-order it. Oh
1: great!
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's cool. That means they're doing something like Civilization Revolution, where they're actually giving you an interface that works for consoles. But uh, I haven't played one of those games in a long. That's like a thing, man. There's so many genres. I used to just devour those Civilization games. And now, like, the thought of playing a Civilization game, I, I don't know if I can do it.
1: Yeah. I really uh, didn't like 6. I I loved 5 to death, but 6 really rubbed
2: me the wrong way. 4 but, is my favorite.
1: Yeah, maybe if I played 4, I might like that more, because, I mean, if they're going in the wrong direction, uh, so...
2: Yeah. Uh, Anywho, but... <laughs> the The point... What is the point? The point about st- okay, so you've got you've got people for whom It's obviously working, and especially if you're playing something that's not a game that's super input ha- like that. If it's not a fighting game or whatever, yeah, you know something like an RPG or a strategy game, it's perfect for that. So I can and and people are saying it works. So uh, that's fine. Uh, it seems like the kind of people who are excited about it are the kind of people who are just excited about the concept of a streaming game service. Which, and it's not so much about what they're actually playing with it. I think they're just like happy to be playing that they're that they're in that they're part of an exciting new technology. That's the impression I'm getting.
1: Yeah. Although the one funny video I saw about it was these guys were trying to take apart the controller,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it is the most like they had they had to get bust out a Dremel to get it apart. Mm-hmm. They like saw it in half essentially. <clears throat> and the yeah. guy was like this is madness like why would you do this at all
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it seems that for every positive person that that uh, that you see post about it there is like a dozen outraged ones yeah and uh, i guess they're getting they're getting bombarded yep so that's interesting this i mean it just goes to show you know everybody's it's so it's it's almost like your personal health or something where everybody's internet situation is just a little bit different and a little bit weird. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's just it's funny to see how surpri- like how surprised people are by the fact that it's not working in a lot of places. And then the reviews that just talk like most of the critics' reviews are more focused on who is this even for? Oh, yeah. Like, the, the offering is not good, and um, everybody's already played these games uh, who would be into this. Yep. So, who is it for? But it seems like the people who it's for is just people who like the novelty of streaming a game.
1: Yeah. Well, or so, yeah, well, the people who just want some novelty about it being a new thing.
2: Yeah. But, ah. uh, I don't know. It's not for me. It's never going to be for me. Yeah, because we have actual consoles. <laughs> I don't even like streaming video. I will do like, it I occasionally, hate having... but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I do it because I have to. Like, if I could just get the Mandalorian on a disc, I would do it. I'd much rather do it because I wouldn't have to like the first two minutes of it. So like, it's almost perfect. I'm actually pretty impressed with Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so it's, it's, so
1: it's supposed to buffer for like a minute or two.
2: It's almost perfect, but it does have a little bit of a buffering period at the front. And then sometimes it stutters. Yeah. I'm just like, if this were a 4K UHD disc, it wouldn't stutter, and it would look a little better still. (coughs) So, you know, that's always going to be my preference. Yep.
1: Uh, Speaking of preferences, uh, they're supposed to be announcing the new Saints Row game next year.
2: Hmm. What are you hoping for?
1: Uh, More Natalie. And then I'm kind of okay. That's about all I really want.
2: <laughs> no, uh, wow.
1: I think it needs to be reset, or it needs to be, like, more grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe reboot the series, but have some of those characters still back, obviously. Uh, or just a new city entirely. Like, I think Saints Row 4's problem, one of the biggest problems Saints Row 4 was they've recycled the city.
2: Yeah. They ran into Yakuza. By the time we were doing Battle of Hell, it's like... Uh... You know, you're you're as worn out as you are by your sixth yakuza game. Yeah, with Kamarocho. I mean, what would you want out of it? Let's say let's say that. Well, I I mean, it obviously has to be a reboot. Um, obviously. Yeah. Or, or just maybe because they, they've written themselves into a corner with the superhero and hell stuff.
1: Well, I mean, no, the hell stuff is pretty minor. I mean, look how Saints Row Four ended; like they had a time machine.
2: <laughs> I would like. What I really want is Saints Row 1 with way more jokes and good gameplay. And and the gameplay in Saints Row 1 was fine for the time. But yeah, I would like really polished, like okay, actually what I really want is destruction physics. Like just give me give me the freaking um uh Red faction. Give me the Red faction physics Ge- engine. Geomod. Give me Geomod in a Saints Row let me destroy. I mean, this is and this is like an old. I mean, it's not like they haven't heard this for years, as to what they should do. But if it's if really just like really polished version of Saints Row One, like a Saints Row One re- reboot, not as crazy with the with the what the fuck. That's you know, Saints Row Three kind of went insane very early on and never never took the, <laughs> never went sane again after that. So uh, not that. And not the mean-spiritedness of the second one, but just I want lots of good character jokes, like the character interactions. That's what's what they're best at. So yeah, I, I just want a lot of those moments that where where you get to really like your crew and and what they're all about and their their tastes and things and their quirks. Right. But without having them, yeah. Without without having them spray poo all over the city like in two, or, you know, go to hell.
1: See, I liked the third one. I liked the idea of you know them being like celebrities, but also you know still gangsters or so you know still criminals. Like that was a interesting hook.
2: Oh, but, three is my favorite, but I just don't think you can again. I, you know, I, I feel like replicate. they they did it. Yeah, they did three. So. They they just got more and more wacky with the subsequent ones, and at some point, I was just like, no more. This is yeah. getting as tiresome as the Borderlands writing, almost.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? So, there are films getting delayed uh, that are – it's weird because it's happening with increasing frequency, and they're getting delayed for, like, a long time. So, the three I'll mention are Godzilla vs. Kong just got delayed eight months. Uh-huh. Uh, the King's Man got delayed from February to like September,
2: hmm. and it's, I
1: can tell you're interested in that one.
2: Sorry, that was not that was not directed at The King's Man specifically.
1: It kind of is. I mean, I wouldn't put it back. It's <laughs> fine. And then the last one is that stupid New Mutants movie is still coming out supposedly.
2: Which what? Nemesis? Resident Evil?
1: No, New Mutants.
2: New Mut- New New Mutants.
1: The uh oh it has it's like a new X-Men it's like an X-Men horror film
2: uh-huh yeah
1: but it has oh what's her name it has Maisie Williams in it oh alright okay uh, I'll watch Maisie and it has some other you know but it was supposed to be out like a year and a half ago if not two years ago
3: <laughs> hmm.
1: yeah it was finished in it was supposed to be originally released in April 28th well 2008 hmm. I should say and now the release date is April 2020. Hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> hmm. But it's yeah, it's supposed to be like a psychological horror film, or like a lot more. It's not like they're not like blowing up robots or stupid shit like that. But it's just interesting that all these films are getting delayed.
2: Okay. Do we, are they all, is it interesting because there's a confluence of circumstances? Are they all getting delayed for the same reason? No well, they're all getting
1: delayed for mysterious reasons, which mysterious I assu- reasons I assume it's quality like you know,
2: yeah, we need to fix this yeah it doesn't surprise me for Godzilla vs. Kong last Godzilla was kind of a um
1: not, great, a messy not, movie. not I mean, yeah, I, I mean it did okay, but it wasn't like the surefire uh, I, I it's think-
2: not to be fair I mean you know competition there are a lot of bad godzilla movies, so it's it doesn't it's it's not in bad company. Yeah. But I I could see them wanting to rework Godzilla vs. Kong. I don't even know what Kingsman is.
1: It's a Kingsman prequel set in World War 1. Uh, like the- yep. Yeah. Okay, screw it. But it's it stars oh, it stars somebody they like uh Voldemort.
2: Oh, Joseph Fiennes?
1: Yeah. Yep. Oh no, Ray Fiennes.
2: Ray Fines, sorry, Ray Fines. Yeah. Joseph Fines' brother. And
1: Gemma Arton Arton. Gemma Arton.
2: That that's see that now you're talking. And uh I love Gemma Arton. Yeah. Well you you saw her in uh, uh I, the I, I gave Creed you movie. The, the yeah. disappearance of Alice Creed. What a role.
1: She was supposed to be in something else recently, but I think she got dropped from it.
2: Uh I don't get why she's not bigger. I really like her. She was a Bond girl.
1: Yeah, it was one of those shittier
2: Bonds. <laughs> oh, I know. It's a bad Bond, but... You'll uh, get around to it eventually in your set? No,
1: I. which one was she in? Because I watched the, all the Daniel Craig ones.
2: Oh, okay. So you've seen her.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, yes.
2: Not great in that.
1: Or, I mean, that was just not a good movie, I don't think.
2: Well, She didn't have a big... I mean, it was not a big part. But that movie also... They, see, that's a movie that was plagued by reshoots. And trying yeah. to fix it after the fact. So... And they took. I think it got even got taken away from the director a little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So uh, yeah, similar to these. I mean, maybe uh, these mysterious delays.
1: Yep. Uh, What else? Well, kind of wrapping up shortly. Dead Island Two is still being worked on.
2: (laughs) I uh, couldn't care less.
1: I liked the first Dead Island, kind of. No. the first area but that's about it like it's funny you'll defend left for dead one but you won't defend this one
2: <laughs> no left for that's a way better game than dead island i mean that's that's not even a, that's not even a question that's not that's not a, that's not arguable i mean dead island okay
1: so dead, it, dead, no dead island starts strong and shitty or by, the, it, by the, after it, oh. the resort area gets shitty.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, the, the resort area is cool because it's just it's fairly open.
1: Yeah, this is the best area. That's... And
2: uh, the quests are pretty. So the thing is just okay. Once you go into the bombed out city, yeah, it, it becomes... starts feeling more like a Resident Evil Four type thing. Yeah. And then once you're out in the jungle, it has turned into a like linear, like. Like, yeah, like, like shitty, that.
1: like, uh, two. Well, I, I remember the sewers being like super shitty.
2: Yeah, so eventually it just, it. well, and, and the jail. Like, once you, by the time that you're in the jail, it feels like Do Nukem Forever or something with the corridoriness of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Do looking Forever had, had, had some open areas, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it
1: was, I mean, I, it's just interesting because this game has been so plagued with
2: problems. <laughs> Yeah, it actually reminds. It's actually the Duke Nukem Forever DLC. It's actually reminiscent of um of that because it because it starts in like a big in a, in like a factory with lots of lots of hallways and and boxes.
1: The do- the doctor who cloned me. Yeah. And uh, um.
2: Yeah, the jail. Jail's not great. None of no. that stuff. Um, but like you it's said, it's it's a game that just. Um, yeah, it it starts out as like a free form y kind of game, and then it it turns into a corridor shooter by the end.
1: Oh yeah, and not a good one because like the like you want to do melee stuff. That's like the fun stuff in that game. But
2: nope. Oh, but I don't like. I, I see. I never did the manual melee stuff that Brad got into so much. Ah, I I didn't like the manual melee very much. So uh uh, I just mashed. And I didn't, you know, I don't know. Everything to... There, there were a lot of systems in that game that I did not enjoy. And then uh, um, I, also the writing was atrocious.
1: It was very, very Eastern European.
2: <laughs> oh, and the voice, you know, whenever they'd be like, here's the, here's the wacky Australian guy who has the horrible Australian accent. Yeah, that was great. It actually kind of... <laughs> That game also has one of the worst openings.
1: Oh, that rap song!
2: Yeah, that <clears throat> rap song. I hate it. So from the beginning, like I, I started out like my experience with Dead Island was that I started on a super sour note because I hated the rap song. I hated all the characters immediately. I hated but, having to pick one of them.
1: Didn't didn't you platinum road to hell?
2: Oh, road to redemption. Yes, yeah, I did. But that's different. That's a bad. That's that's a bad game.
1: We don't like this one either. So,
2: yeah, but okay. With with Dead Island, <laughs> okay, with Road to Hell Redemption, you like they, their games. There are times that, when you know exactly when. The question is: Did I opt in to the badness? Yeah, it's that's the same the thing. Well-
1: It's the same reason we're going to see Cats when it comes out next month. Yes,
2: exactly. (laughs) Because you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. You already know exactly what this thing is. And uh, I've got to tell you, if you ask me, what did you enjoy more? Dead Island or Road to Hell (laughs) Retribution? Yeah. Uh, I I had a fun time with Road to Hell. I mean... There were moments, um, there were some, like, shooties, you know, by the time that you're in the freaking mine, and you have to fight the giant Jason-like dudes, that you have to shoot in the head, like, 20 times before they go down.
0: Yeah.
2: There there were times when I wanted to throw that game, when I wanted to break the disc in half. Uh, But... On the whole, but you know, there are times where I wanted to break the disc in half. in Dead Island, Dead Island has some frustrating ass shit. Oh, well, once but they you get the to... easiest, the easiest and most ridiculous final boss of all time.
1: Once you get to the city and Dead Island, and they start introducing like the like the zombie different types, like there's one like the straight jacket. It's like this is getting bad now.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, but you know what? Um, I didn't like uh, there was a spin-off from the developer of Dead Island made another zombie game that I also didn't care for until Do- uh,
1: from Dawn or
2: no, no 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 it was like something like something like Dead or, or uh, it was like Warner put it out of all things like they went from they left uh, 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 Cock Media and went to Warner uh-huh. Dying Light uh, Dying Light thank you yeah. Yeah, Dying Light, which is like the, the, the slick, fancy, more classy version of that island with better acting and a slightly better story. And
1: uh you could climb up shit.
2: And you could climb up shit. It had a little mirror's edge in it, yeah. Um uh-huh. but I also fell off that game. Yeah. I think if we
1: played those games like in co op, that would have been a lot better.
2: Yeah. Well oh no, I, I well the only reason I got to that island the first is because I played it in co op.
1: Yeah. I didn't, so I didn't finish that game.
2: <laughs> and Dead Island Two, despite co-op, I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. No, Dead Island no, not Two. I, not Dead Island Two. I mean, Dying, uh, Light. Uh, Dying Light. Thank you. I, I've, you know, it's weird that there's Dead Island Two being made because I think of Dying Light kind of as Dead Island Two.
1: Well, yeah, I think they're gonna but, originally have make it, but then they, yeah, they did spin off. They made it Dying Light instead. Like, Fuck but you. this is a
2: totally different developer. This is this is uh, for like, like the it's th- second time. <laughs> It's third person. Wait, did they switch developer? Oh, right, because they they changed from the the Rise Son of Rome guys, yeah, to somebody else. Right. I don't remember who. Uh but apparently, yeah, they're still making it, I guess. It,
1: yeah, it, it was going to be Jaeger. I don't know if those were the Rise guys or not. And but then yeah, Jaeger yeah. got dissolved or they went under. Can it, then it was going to be Suma Digital. Sumo Digital, I should say. And now it's Damn Buster Studios. I don't know, man. It's like, at this point, let it go.
2: I just it- had this... At some point, I made the decision, no more zombie stuff. And then I still... When when um, Days Gone came out, I was like, okay. I'll give Days Gone a chance. Yeah. And I regretted that. <laughs> so now I'm really in like, okay, no more zombie stuff mode. Yeah. Like no more fucking zombie games. I'm serious. Just... I'll make an exception for The Last of Us Two. That's the only exception I will make. What
1: about Days Gone Two?
2: No, I mean I'd have to finish I, I would not buy Days Gone Two until I finish Days Gone. Which yeah. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. We'll see.
1: That you're Maybe. fine,
2: trust me. <laughs>
1: uh Persona there are de- it's not out yet, but there will be details of Persona 5 Royal yep. coming out soon.
2: They announced the announcement. Get hyped for hype. December third. Yep,
1: I saw a recent trailer of that game. Uh, you'd have liked it because it featured it was they were in Hawaii. You know that sequence. Yes, and it featured featured the teacher Kawakami uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. and like a in, in thong, his swimsuit?
1: Yeah, like a thong and like a t shirt, and it's like I don't remember this in the original game. <laughs> this mm. is
2: new. <laughs> well, it's just like uh, the Golden had uh, had new stuff like that as well. Yep, so it's very exciting, very yeah. very exciting. I, I um, you know, it's funny. It, usually, I would normally make fun of announcing an announcement, and of course, we know exactly what this announcement is going to be. It's going to be here's the picture of the special edition and what's in it.
1: Yep, and here's the release date of you know pilot and like the release date. Yeah, it, but when do you think it's coming out?
2: Let me ask you that. I don't know. I think probably Feb- February.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking Q1. Oh yeah, I think
1: mean, I think maybe March,
2: but yeah, Q1. That ah, could also happen, but yeah, early, yeah. Uh but uh that's not what I'm, you know, release date, I don't care. I it's, just play the game whenever it comes out. I don't give a shit when things come out. I've always got things to play.
1: Yeah, it's a special edition.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like is there going to be a soundtrack? Is there going to be an art book? What's in it? Is there going to be a plushie? What's in it?
1: Well, I mean, they'll probably, they'll, they'll probably just do is do the Japanese one, both have the T-shirt.
2: Okay, fair enough. I mean, I would like the T-shirt, but it wouldn't be my size, probably. That's, I mean, that's the biggest reason. But I mean, the
1: the Japanese one had a shirt, an art book, the soundtrack, steelbook, and something else, or like a few themes.
2: Is uh, the soundtrack a full? Is it a double CD at least album, or is it like a little sampler? Uh I just one C Mm-hmm. Uh so who knows? And maybe if it's the highlights. I'm hoping that as with with uh the pre- previous previous games, that um there's gonna be a like that I'll be able to just go on Amazon Japan and spend, you know, uh way too much money to <laughs> four hundred yen or something, yeah. On a four CD. Cause no, the, sound- th- the soundtrack is two CDs. The official the the one that comes with? Yeah. Okay. So hopefully it'll be in.
1: Uh and the artbook oh, looks nice.
2: Okay, that's uh, exciting.
1: And it, yeah, it comes in like this nice looking box. I mean, hmm. I will you you will get that day one. I will get that day one. Yeah, uh, that's no I, question. What I have to sell or buy or you know? <laughs> I just find it
2: funny that you've got this on the list at all for news because it's just an announcement of an announcement. But because it's st-
1: something we both care about.
2: That's true, and we that isn't imp-
1: that is important more than Fortnite skins
2: or you know, other bullshit. Speaking of things we care about, how about the opposite? Robocop? Robo- Robocop returns new director. Right. Robocop returns new director. Yeah. This this uh, needs some punctuation, so I know. It's not that... Robocop does not go to the store and return the new director for a refund. refund. Well, Robocop... A good- there's a new director for the movie Robocop return. Is this movie called Robocop Returns? Are yeah. you kidding me? it's supposed to be Peter Weller again, I think. Okay, so then, then we're going to have RoboCop forever. Or or, or RoboCop. What was the RoboCop Rise of the Dragon? What was the third mummy called?
1: Well, I don't even know.
2: we <laughs> will get Maria Bello in it, though. Robo- RoboCop and Robin, part four. Yeah. I I just... No. You, you, know, you know exactly where I stand on this sort of thing. No uh... sequels, no reboots. The, the only
1: passable thing is if they got i mean i don't think he would do it but if they got oh what's his name the original director robocop verhoeven verhoeven yeah paul verhoeven to to do it
2: all right all right if paul verhoeven makes another robocop movie fuck yes yeah obviously obviously With,
1: with peter weller and if they could somehow resurrect Clarence Boddicker.
2: <laughs> I mean, the only problem, the big problem is that Basil Poladoris is dead. Taken from us much too soon. So, we have to get... It's like, I don't know, you don't... Paul Verhoeven's kind of branched out into other composers. We,
1: well, also, Paul Verhoeven is not doing like arthouse shit. Or, you know, real, real films.
2: <laughs> I mean, Paul Verhoeven's whole thing was that he elevated...
1: Uh, um, well, he elevated genre genre movies, genre
2: movies to being, exactly, to, to being something that is more acclaimed and more recognized as but I'm, as I artistic. Mean, did, didn't he do
1: that gamer movie that you like with the actress?
2: Yes. Uh, Ella Ellie. Yeah. And he also called. did like Black Book. So it's like that. Black Book is a freaking masterpiece.
1: Yeah. So it's not... It's, he's not going to go... I mean, much of the, as I love the guy, he's not going to go from Black Book to RoboCop Returns. <laughs> Why not? Because he's doing other, like, better shit.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, he's still a genre guy. I, I, I could, if they actually wanted, if they wanted to get him, they could probably get him. Actually, if you wanted to give Pearl Vorhoven a movie, let him make that Crusade movie he's been wanting to make for 30 years. That almost came together in the in the late 90s.
1: He's doing some new movie in two thousand twenty. 2020 called Benedetta. Okay. About uh seventeenth century romance between two women.
2: Oh, yeah, good subject matter for him. He <laughs> loves to shoot those sex scenes. If only they'd have gone for Showgirls too. Well. Wow. Anyway, we all agree that Pulver Oven is amazing, but uh yeah, with I don't know, this guy at first I thought I saw the name Forsyth and I thought, oh, William Forsyth. Uh, but no, uh, this is an, Austra- it is an Australian ape Forsyth. I'm gonna have to look him up because yeah, you never know. heard of him because
1: he's never made anything that came out here. Or, okay, so he's total total newcomer, really. Well, he's made he's made films, but nothing's come out over here that you would know. Okay, and the last thing he did was a movie called Laid in 2010.
2: Huh. Okay, and they give him RoboCop.
1: Yeah, because they like to do sh- stupid shit like that. Or, did you see the Josh Trank thing with Fantastic Four?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> He's reviewing his own garbage movie now. Yeah. I just, okay, he made Ned. I heard good things about Ned. Little Monsters 2019, so he did make a movie recently. But yes, you're right. Big studios love to pluck indie directors out of the indie world. Oh, that one's also with Lupita Nyong'o. So Lupita Nyong'o is supposed to be in this RoboCop thing, right? Oh, no, no, no. You just mentioned it because it's in your write-up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Oh yeah. I, I I just I didn't even see that yet. I just saw. I just looked it up. Oh, using the uh, Evil Dead font for the Little Monsters poster. Yeah. Hmm. I do. Lo- I mean, I, uh, here's the thing. I, I like little Peter Nyong'o.
1: Yeah, but she she's not gonna touch this. Although she she would be a pretty good Clarence Boddicker
2: replacement. Like, yeah. Or, like a villain. Yeah. Drug dealer. Crazy drug dealer villain who who's rules with ruthless efficiency a crime syndicate.
1: I just want to have her walk into a scene with two women and say, bitches, leave.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she could so pull that off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of la- things that might or may not happen, they're kicking it on a Star Trek 4 idea again.
2: Yeah, with the um, Noah no, like... Hawley yeah. fella. Which I... everybody... Yeah. Hmm? You, you're you a fan. I like I
1: like Legion quite a bit. I have no interest in Fargo, or I haven't seen it. I assume you haven't either.
2: I have. Okay. Yes. How was that? Well, I also I watched the pilot of Legion because you made me. Yeah. And I was like, this is good, and then I didn't watch any more of it. Uh, Mission no,
1: accomplished.
2: <laughs> Far, Fargo, I actually watched uh, the whole first season and a couple of episodes into season two. And then I said, uh, nah. Yeah. It, it's interesting because Fargo is really great at imitating the Coen Brothers style. Like, it, it almost feels the first season feels like so much of an homage. Um, and They really replicate the style and the tone and everything about um, the Coen Brothers really well, except for one thing, which is that Fargo was never a movie about crime syndicates and assassins right So that part of it and then by season two when it was again like these gangster families are squabbling it's it just kind of moved away from what makes Fargo so precious to me and so interesting to me is that it's about you know these normal people making a terrible and stupid mistake the kind of mistake that's like you know well, whenever you read like a Florida man story or you know a, a, a dumb criminal, you know it's like the classic, you know, d- dumb criminal conspiracy from the heartland kind of story it's about, about like regular the, people making terrible decisions.
1: I think like the snowball effect, like, you know, one bad decision leads to another, which leads to, you know, another and so on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's what's compelling about it. And Fargo was more, there are multiple arcs, and some of them are kind of weird, almost in a David Lynchian, Twin Peaks kind of way, where characters are behaving. In are very eccentric and behaving in strange ways, and then there's this you know the the most kind of riveting part of it is this thing about Martin Freeman is hunting uh, Billy Bob Thornton who is an assassin for the mafia, and that takes a Wait, right? no Martin is Martin Freeman Martin Freeman is the
1: he's the insurance interest or the insurance guy isn't he or the
2: well he's kind of except that. um He's not an insurance guy anymore. Did they like make him? He's like a dentist. I don't even remember the specifics. I remember there was like a yeah, whole he, thing. Yeah, he's an insurance salesman. How... Yeah. Does he what? go? I just there's like a dentist convention that he's at at the end of that season where he runs into Billy Bob Thornton again, like years after the fact, and they have like a weird bonding moment. It's so bizarre. It just. It goes all over the place, and obviously I can't remember it very well. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. It was fine, I guess. It was fine as a, we're trying to be the Coen brothers. And apparently season three is really great. Yeah. Each season is kind of a different era and a different generation of cop from this one family.
1: Completely different actors and everything, too.
2: Different aesthetic, yeah. Uh, So that's a cool thing. And apparently season 3 is really great but uh yeah season 2 it just started with I had a bunch of breaking bad people in it um so that that I guess should have been a plus but just right away I was like oh it's about these two gangster families who hate each other and are going to be like committing you know crime and
1: I mean season 4 is a, it's going to be set in uh 1950s with Chris Rock so that might be interesting
2: <laughs> uh, uh yeah
1: sure I like Chris Rock as an actor. I think he is generally like undervalued.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's alright.
1: Uh but yeah, I mean if this happens, I'll give it a shot. Right? I, I, you know,
2: so if- here's the thing, right? you you love this Holly guy. So he made he made Legion. Didn't he also he's done other things besides that, right? He made he made a movie that was a big flop um recently, both critically and commercially. Uh Lucy in right. the Sky? Yes, that's the one. So it again it's like the Tre- the Colin Trevorrow effect where uh, has he proven that he can handle a big budget thing or does it even not matter is there just does do studios like Disney just have this support system in place where if you're a guy who's an indie film director coming into Jurassic Park or or Star Wars or something that there is a uh, that kind of a lot of the logistical and budget and like a lot of the things that you would have to deal with um, are taken care of for you.
1: I think it's the biggest reason is because like Disney can push around like in your example, Disney can push around someone like a Josh Trank or uh Rian Johnson. Ryan Johnson. I mean they're not gonna get
2: But but they did they gave they but they gave Ryan Johnson the world. Like they they gave him like great well, yeah. creative freedom from everything. But imagine
1: if they you know imagine if they've got like David Fincher or, you know, uh someone else, like, you know, that is much bigger and much more high profile, but who might have done something that they might not have wanted.
2: They should have Did you know that David Lynch was supposed to direct um Return of the Jedi at some point?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: Yeah. That would have been quite something. I th- I've always thought he would make a good Star Wars director. Yeah, they're they're in good with uh, Werner Herzog. Now they should get Werner Herzog to direct a Star Wars. I all about it.
1: The uh, life of Wicket.
2: <laughs> I know. I want. I want like <laughs> that. would Be good. What about what about the young emperor? With uh, with uh, um. No, that's a terrible idea. No, I'm just no. I'm trying I- to think of who Nick Cage could be. I like, I like my, in the cages, young Palpatine.
1: I like I, good. I like I like my idea of he can make an, he can make the sequel even Ewok started small. <laughs> That's and good. Just comp- completely redo even Dwarf started small with Ewoks, and I would see that movie day one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it, it's got to be in the Ewok Adventures franchise, though. Yeah, it's got to tie into the. That'd be awesome. Actually, you know what? I'd also love if, uh, what if you, what if it was a TV series? What if it was like um, that labyrinth uh, show? What if we made a live action? What if we got a live action Ewok yeah. series? That was all, like, no English, just subtitles,
1: just just chirps and
2: <laughs> yeah, and incredibly naturalistic in that, like, in the '70s Herzog style. Yeah. Where he goes into a real jungle to film with and stuff. Right. And puts everybody through hell.
1: Uh the last thing we'll talk about is they announced uh the Game Awards nominations. Um we're not gonna go through every nomination list because that's insane. So oh. I'll just kinda re- I'll read out some of the bigger ones and see what you
2: think. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't even talked about what the Star Star Trek is gonna be like. Oh. Uh they don't know
1: because they're still working if they can get Chris Chris Oh, back or not. we don't
2: know. Of course, we don't know if Chris Pine is back. Moving on.
1: All right, Game Awards. Well, here's the thing: is that the one they were going to do recently, it fell apart because I think Chris Hemsworth wanted too much money. Yeah, it was, spo- it was supposed to be Young Spot, or Young Kirk and his dad fighting, mm-hmm. which would have been interesting. Because I guess so. That, that could have been a way to reset the universe too. Like I so like the it, idea
2: of bringing the, the dead the dead dad is what caused the freaking alternate timeline.
1: That's why it would have been interesting because they could have reset it.
2: Oh, it would have, it would have just been a bunch of JJ Abrams nonsense, man.
1: Have you seen have, have you seen this new Star Wars film?
2: <laughs> I have not, uh, and uh, I, I won't. I won't see it opening night. That's for sure. Uh so
1: yeah, the bigger announcements. Let's see, bigger nominations. So they have Game of the Year. Um, they listed for nominations Control. Death uh, Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Smash Brothers, and The
2: Outer Worlds. Where's Fire Emblem?
1: Yeah, that's one question. Why is Smash Brothers on
2: there? Because <laughs> well, it's much beloved and apparently great. I didn't like it. But, it's fine. You know, I, don't like, it's, I,
1: I don't play that game. It's perfectly fine. Like I'm not going to say it's a bad game, but yeah, it's just. You know, best fighting game, sure, or maybe like best family game because it's also there. But not. I'm bad
2: at it. As every time a Smash Brothers comes out, I'm like, this is going to be the one. I'm going to learn it this time, and then I never do. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. But so you don't think it should be on the list? I mean, it's just because we personally don't like it, doesn't mean it's not deserving. It seems it's got an amazing roster. It's got an insane amount of content. It's apparently very sound, technically.
1: I don't like... I just don't like the story mode. Like, the whole board game aspect. It mm. just kind of bugs me, personally.
2: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. You'd, you'd prefer... Uh, what did the last one have? The Emissary mode or whatever? I didn't
1: play that, but
2: the Subspace maybe, Emissary?
1: Yeah. So, I'll skip... I mean, I'm going to skip around in some categories, because a lot of these you won't care about. So... No, no, no. Be, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. no. Best score in music. Because I thought this would have okay. been interesting. Uh-huh. We our episode last week. Yes. So they have five games listed. Okay. Cadence of Hyrule, mm-hmm. Death Stranding, mm-hmm. uh, Devil May Cry 5.
2: I mean, from I've not heard a lot of it, but yeah, what I heard uh, was rad. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, like that one a lot.
1: And Sayonara Wild Hearts.
2: I don't know it at all.
1: That's a, I think, a PC, maybe Switch uh, indie game. Mm hmm. But you're like on a motorcycle. It looks like a big '80s aesthetic. I think Sean yeah. actually played it, and he really liked it.
2: I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect, right? You're getting the extremely high-profile stuff. Yeah. Uh But except for Sayonara I mean, *Wild Hearts*, I suppose.
1: What would you of that list? What would you say? You probably say *Death Stranding*.
2: Of which one I would strike.
1: Oh no! Which of that list would you say? Like, what would you want to win?
2: Um. You know, it's weird because I didn't put Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 is very good. Yeah, but it, the problem with but Kingdom it is, Hearts it 3 is another Kingdom Hearts score. It, it's yeah, got it's, a lot of stuff that's reprised, but it's also got a, a lot of cool new music. Like it's the pirate music for the Pirates of the Caribbean sequence is really good. And just gen, It's the, the thing that's enjoyable about Kingdom Hearts 3 score is just hearing the music that they write for established for the Disney. A secret sequ- like we're basically we're reenacting Tangled in its entirety or Frozen, but with different music. So it's just kind of like an alternate take on the thing that has an iconic score already. Yeah. Or like the Pirates of the Caribbean, like the Pirates of the Caribbean music in Kingdom Hearts Three doesn't sound anything like the Hans Zimmer, Klaus Badelt uh, Pirates of the Caribbean scores. Right. So that stuff is really neat, but I just I don't think it quite hangs with other orchestral. I mean, you,
1: you and I would probably way Here. say put Fire Emblem on
2: there. Like, yeah, I mean, Fire Emblem is my number two. You know, obviously, I'm going to say Code Vein. I, I, I just, but Code Vein is not a well regarded game, so it was never going to. You get, you get the same thing that you get with like, remember when Alone but Not ano- Alone was nominated for best song? Yeah. And everybody freaked out because it was a little Christian movie. Right. And and then the academy like pretended that there was a rule broken, which there was not, and rescinded it, because they knew it was gonna win. That alone, and not alone, was gonna because he looked at the polls, and it was like, alone, and not alone, had like eighty seven percent support, like publicly, over all the other Oscar songs, which is crazy. It's a crazy statistic, and uh, so they knew it. It was gonna wipe the floor with with all these huge names for real movies. Yeah. So. That, I guess... I mean, of um, this
1: list, out by, say, Cadence of I I can...
2: Cons- you know, considering how integral it is to the gameplay. But you should... I mean, you You
1: never even heard of it, what you said, but Cyanara Wild Hearts has a pretty thumping soundtrack, too.
2: That is what I'm told, yeah. Yeah. I, I have no opinion on what should win, since I haven't heard all of them. And also, it's difficult to decide because I like Death Stranding more for the songs than for the score. Though, I have to say... The last like three or four tracks of that score are really strong. Like the big emotional finale. Yeah. Like I don't I don't again, I have the same problem with a lot of it that I have with uh control where I don't like the ambient stuff as much. Right. But when it gets melodic, when it gets emotional, it's really nice. Yeah. So, um it's got its moments, but I don't know. I, I can't say what should have won. You know what should have you know, as I said, I I, I put I put uh Death Stranding behind a lot of other orchestral stuff.
1: Yeah. but uh, For best strategy game, they have Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Anno 1800, Total War Three Kingdoms, Tropico Six, Wargroove, and then Fire, Fire Emblem Three H- Houses.
2: Well, I've only played one, so I'll be biased. Eight, Anno
1: 1800?
2: <laughs> I mean, I like Anno. It's a good series.
1: Uh, I I might disagree with you. I I played one of those and I just really didn't like it.
2: I I liked the uh, uh, sixteen something.
1: I played the I played like Anno twenty seventy or something. Oh, like one, that one's one bad. Of the future, one of the future ones and yeah, it was like the, the, not an RTS. It was like just an economic simulator, and I'm like, this well, is not
2: okay. Fun. <laughs> of course, they're the economic simulators. Yes, uh, and I I don't like the future one. I don't like the, the, well, the sci-fi did, one at all.
1: They did two of those. They did like that one and then they made like one even further ahead, like twenty two seventy
2: or something. No, I played the f I played the first one of those. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I didn't play any more of it. But but yeah, I, I like that series. But yeah, the future ones, um but being back in the in the nineteenth century is nice. That's that's really the era that I think uh, works better for that game. All the you know the the first of the future ones almost felt like a palette swap where it was just sci fi versions of oh, yeah. familiar Old timey things, and it just didn't make as much sense. Yeah, it's it's like when they reskinned Civilization Five to be Civilization Beyond Earth. Yeah, that's terrible. Though it had a great soundtrack. Speaking of great soundtracks, it was amazing. Brian Gr- uh-huh. Kirkhope wrote a bunch of it. It's catchy as hell.
1: Let's see. Uh, for best role playing game, they listed Des- Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter Iceborne, and Outer Worlds.
2: Cool. That seems like a great list, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no No arguments there. Uh, um, I'm really excited for uh, that detective game, um, Disco Elysium, to come to yeah. consoles. Yeah, that's. I think it's early next year. Yeah, everything I've seen of that looks like exactly my jam. Yeah.
1: Good for they didn't send me a review copy, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well. uh, so, best performance. Uh, Ashley Birch in Outer World is uh, Parvati. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jesse Fade in R- Courtney, Courtney Hope is Jesse Fade in Control. Uh, Laura Bailey, Cat Diaz in Gears 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mads in Death Stranding. Yep. Norman Reedus in Death Stranding.
2: Yep.
1: And Matthew Parada in Control.
2: Yep. Well, I have I don't know all of those, but I can already tell you Mads. Is
1: that going
2: to be Norman Reedus? <laughs> no. I. Mean, Norman Reedus is good. Don't get me wrong. I, I I like Norman Reedus in that game. He's good. He does exactly what he needs to do for that character, and it's very charming. But uh, Mads Mikkelsen is beyond. He is an intense and and just arresting presence in that game.
0: Yeah. Uh... And, and
2: again, he's the best character with the best arc. So, actually, I mean, the arc is just, his, again, he's such a great character that it made me forgive how much it sucked to fight him.
1: <laughs> it reminds me, the way you're talking about the fighting, it reminds me of the, the last boss fight in uh, Shadow Mordor, mm. which I really hated. Like, that, you're facing that big wraith guy, and you like, can teleport around the... the Smoking environment, and
2: like, this sucks. Yeah, he well, yeah, but at least with that guy, that boss fight's way less bad to me. Like at least something like shorter was... too. So it's it's way shorter, and you just have to do, and it's and it's super easy, and you do a bunch of QTEs once you get close to him. Yeah, like it's the most nothing boss fight. I'll take a, a super nothing boss fight over. You know, you have to sneak around this area for for an hour. You know, trying to whittle this guy down over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Uh, The last uh, nomination I'll talk about, because you might also be interested in this, they have audio design. Mm. So they have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, uh, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2, and Sekiro.
2: Mm. That's a strong batch.
1: What would you say? Like, you know, that list.
2: Again, I haven't haven't played all of them. We don't have... Like, no one has played every game. (laughs) I mean, Death Stranding has a really great audio design. Okay. It's... But I imagine that Call of Duty sounds amazing. Call of Duty always sounds amazing. Like, Call of Duty has some of the best surround sound uh, stuff and has always had that. Yeah. So, it's just hard to say that Death Stranding should win just because it's the one I played.
1: Oh, One of your games you like, uh, Astral Chain got a nomination, too, for Action Game. uh, Well-deserved. Which it will, unfortunately, lose, but...
2: To what? What are the the nominees for Action Game?
1: Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, Metro Exodus, and Apex Legends.
2: Those are the... Wow. That's a weird... That's a weird batch.
1: I mean, even on that list, I'd probably say Astral Chain, even though I haven't played it. Yes, actually... I haven't played any of these games, actually, but I'd still well, probably put it above at least four of those games.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can say that, but uh, I've played a bunch of them. I've played Gears. I've played Astral Chain. Uh, obviously, I've not played Apex Legends, and I never will. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Astral Chain, that's a real... that's a, That's an elaborate and thoughtful and complex and really deep combat game. I think deeper than any of those others. So uh, I, I it's, genuinely it's, think it's got a good case here.
1: It is weird to see Metro on that list.
2: <laughs> I also... Well, I mean, it's a shooter. with It's a survival shooter. Well, it's a stealth game. I mean, at least the right, other two were. Right, that too. So. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I- it's got action. It's got enough. Ac- I mean, there's enough. There's enough parts of Metro where like you get on a turret and you shoot a bunch of things that come at you. Yeah. So it's not like it's not an action game. Also. Yeah. But by that token, Resident Evil Six is an action game, which it totally is. So I don't know. You, the genre categorization is dumb. Yeah. In a way.
1: I, I, I would probably put like. Fire Emblem, like a top role-playing game, also like it's strategy, but
2: yeah, it's because it's it's obviously a strategy role-playing game. I mean, that's a genre. Yeah, but the the fact that we need, I mean, hybrid. Most games nowadays are hybrids, so you don't get you don't get a lot of pure, out of out of totally pure genre games. So I don't. Whatever. This this is just this is a a problem that these awards are always going to have is what category they're sticking things in.
1: All right, well, that is our podcast for the week. Unless you have final any final sayings.
2: No, you said it was going to be short, and uh, we wasn't. somehow <laughs> managed to kill uh, two hours and twenty minutes. Yep. Which
1: time flies when you're having fun.
2: Exactly, very much fun.
1: But we we'll, we'll be back maybe next month. Well, I'll try to do it. Like some game of the year type of podcast with you and me talking okay, about. Okay,
2: but having just had this conversation with me talking about these award, this awards show, and knowing that like I'm playing Code Vein now, and I'm not touching, uh, I just how am I gonna how? how it it's just gonna have to be our top ten of the games that we played and finished. Yeah, that's how every I, list is. I don't know how else we're gonna get it, but I you know that's not. I mean, There's so much stuff that should be top 10 material that it's not going to be on my list. It's yeah. ridiculous.
1: Name one person who's played every game you know, of the year. Or, no, but you know, I
2: can't, how can I call it game of the year if I'm not going to put Outer Wilds or Judgment or any of those things on my top 10 just because I haven't played them much?
1: Because they didn't apparently interest you enough for you to play them. Like, I, mean, I have That's enough not, money te- technically right now to go out and buy Star Wars. It just bankrupt me if I did, but I mean, if I had the interest, I'd do it.
2: But That's not fair to the game.
1: Kind of is. Like, how how do, how else do you judge the game by what looking at the Ouija board about? Oh, I'm going to buy Code Vein now. <laughs> it's like right,
2: but it's like if the game doesn't. It's but the thing is, it's not that the game doesn't interest me. But you're yeah, just but saying it, it, doesn't it doesn't interest, interest you me enough. enough. Yeah, but there's only so much time. There's only so much time in life.
1: Yeah, but now that desk training is over, you have a lot more free time. <laughs>
2: Well, actually, I'll be flying to Detroit. Uh, not Detroit. What am I saying? I'll be, flying to da- I'll be flying to Dallas next week for work. So I won't get to play very much uh, Monday through Wednesday. And then Thursday night, I'm recording a podcast. So that's also out. So after this weekend, I don't know how much, how much time I'm going to have for games for a little while. But such is life, my friend. Get,
1: get one of those games things and bring your PS4. <laughs>
2: One of those what games things?
1: Games is like this like late like brand of like, uh TV and a suitcase thing. Oh
2: yeah 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 okay yeah I don't know and if I want to do that I just bring my Vita. Yeah. If I actually if I ever my Vita on my on my 3ds would both be totally good for something like this except of course I don't like taking them out of the house because they might get a scuff on them, <laughs> or a piece of dirt wedged in the crack. And we can't have that.
1: Yeah. But we'll be back maybe next month or we will see what happens.